the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's Friday. We have made it through the week. We are now facing the weekend. I am facing a week's vacation in front of me. I'm excited about that. Heading over to Florida, leaving right after the show. Going to stop and uh, spend the night in Hoover, Alabama tonight. Never have been there. But there's always a first time for everything. So Hoover, Alabama will be my stopping off place tonight. And then by an extra four and a half hours after stopping at Hoover, getting a good night's rest, getting the mor- up in the morning, having a good breakfast, and to uh, the beaches I will go in Florida. And boy, am I glad that Florence is on the East Coast and is not down in Florida. That would have really put a a big monkey wrench in, in my vacation really fast. Really, to be honest, it'd be nice if Florence had not even come around, if you know what I'm saying. Got a great guest with us to start us off on this Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. He has been uh, somebody who appears about quarter every quarter, every six months, because he's got great things to say about taxes. And right now he's talking about trying to make the uh, Republican tax cut permanent, although there are some Republicans kind of running away from it. Grover Norquist is our guest. He's the founder of Americans for Tax Reform. If you want to know about taxes, this is the man to talk to. Let me tell you what. He'll tell you this. That tax cut that we got a while back, that's taking down your electric bill and your gas bill, isn't it, Grover? It is. Uh, one of the, I mean, several things were cheerful and cheerful surprises in the tax reduction. Uh, one that we had expected, but the establishment sort of poo-pooed, in the first three months of the tax cut, $305 billion flowed back into the United States Woo-hoo. from American earnings overseas that were stuck there because of our stupid tax rules where we tax worldwide earnings. The rest of the world says, if you're in something in France, we tax you in France. If you're a French company, you go earn money in America and you want you pay American taxes. When you want to bring it back, we go, good, bring it back. The Americans go, oh, ho, ho, bring it back and we'll tax you again in addition to what ta- France or Germany uh, taxed you. So we finally got rid of one of the, and then we were the only country that you can pronounce and find on a map that actually did this dumb thing. So we stopped doing that. Three hundred five billion. We're expecting one and a half, one point seven trillion over the next over the two years. Wow. Uh coming up. All coming back. And this will be coming back in the future a lot, but there was a whole bunch built up overseas, mm-hmm. uh stuck over there. In addition, as you were saying, utility bills are going down. Hundred million Americans are seeing lower utility bills. Well why is that? How does that what's that have to do with taxes? Well, uh utilities are businesses just like others, and they pay taxes. But because they're granted a monopoly, the, the uh, power uh, company, uh, they're told, you know what, if taxes go up, 
you can just stick them on taxpayers. But if taxes go down, you have to cut your prices uh, so that the tax cut flows through because no longer a cost of you doing business and it flows through to uh, consumers. Mm-hmm. So there's several billion dollars in lower utility costs all across the country as a result of the tax cut. And the IRS has calculated that 90% of American taxpayers, separate, separate new benefit now, 90% of American taxpayers are paying less in taxes today than they did when the bill passed. And that's more take-home pay. One of the key things to remember is a tax cut is a pay increase. Yes. When the government takes less of your money, you got a pay increase in your take-home pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get you get to actually keep some more of your money. That I know that that seems strange to most people, but yes, you absolutely get to keep some of the money that you work so hard for, and that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. You know. And the Democrats who say they want to undo oh. the Republican tax cut are telling you they want to reduce your take-home pay yes. every month. Yeah, Grover, why is it that the Republicans can't find it in themselves to say that? Well, two things. One, um, people get distracted by whatever's going on that day, mm-hmm. uh, which is one problem. But the other is uh, they do talk about it. And CBS, oddly enough, doesn't put them on. I wrote an article about how taxes, carbon taxes, energy taxes, uh, are being rejected in Canada, uh, in various provinces in Canada, as well as nationally. And three prime ministers in Australia have gone down because they supported a um, carbon tax. Three. Mm-hmm. And several states have seen similar efforts defeated here in the United States that this is a political loser. Well, I wrote a very nice article in the Washington Post and the New York Times both said, yeah, it's a really good article, but, you know, we don't want to run. So you can talk about tax cuts and the benefits they have, but if the New York Times doesn't talk about it and if uh, CBS and ABC and NBC find it uninteresting, uh, it sounds like nobody's talking about it. Okay, so the Republicans are... I'm, I'm hearing they've come up with some methodology to try to make these tax cuts permanent. Now, one of the problems yep. they got is that some of the Republicans are from high state tax states like New York and things of that nature. And uh, those folks are paying some extra money in their taxes because they can't write off their state income tax like they used to. So with that problem, uh, some of these uh, Republicans aren't real thrilled about voting for or against making the tax cuts, you know, permanent or whatever. So what are the Republicans looking to do to protect them yet make them permanent? Sure. There were a handful of Republicans, uh, maybe 10, who didn't vote for the final bill because um, they liked the deductibility, full deductibility of state local taxes. Uh, But we needed to curb that back if we were going to cut taxes elsewhere. And this was a massive transfer of uh, income from low-tax states to high-tax states. And frankly, it's not a good idea to subsidize high taxes in Mm -hmm. Chicago and New York and San Francisco and Illinois and California and New York and New Jersey. Um, So our friends, the Democrats, really didn't like it. But some Republicans are representing people in those states. And uh, 
they said, well, we're going to take a little neck here. We'd rather not do that. Uh, we'll bring this up to make it permanent. There will be same same people again will say, well, I just have to signal my unhappiness about this particular piece of it. They love the overall bill, but this particular piece they weren't crazy about. Um, it should pass the House. Um, now, the Senate is unlikely to pass it because it takes 60 votes. They can filibuster um, to uh, not let a vote come up unless you have 60 votes. So I don't think um, Tax Reform 2.0 passes both houses and gets signed before the election. But what we are doing is they're signaling to the American people saying, look, this is step two. We are going to cut taxes and reform taxes every single year that you have a Republican House Senate uh, and presidency. And so the reason you want to be sure and get out there and vote for a Republican House and Senate is that we will keep coming back with significant tax reform and tax reduction every single uh, year. We've already had one big tax cut in 2017, about a $30 billion tax cut in January, February of this year. And the, there's a 10-year tax cut for individual rates because you can only cut taxes for 10 years uh, using the reconciliation package, which mm-hmm. is a 51-vote effort, just like Bush had. Bush, Bush had a 10-year tax cut. Correct. Uh, but the goal is to get in there and keep pushing it out every 10 years so that you, it never lapses, and eventually shame the Democrats into voting again and again, either against taxpayers and then lose an election, or deciding to be supportive of taxpayers and, and cast a vote for taxpayers. We've got to get a break in. When we come back, please help me understand, in all the elections I have followed in the past, and, and I, as you know, have followed a lot. I'm 65 now. It has always been, you know, uh, pocketbook issues that determined which party stayed in power and which party didn't stay in power. This year, they keep talking about this big blue wave, and I'd like to talk to you about it because I just don't see it coming, but everybody else keeps telling me it's, it's coming whether I like it or not. So let's talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. My guest, Grover Good. Norquist, Americans for Tax Reform. You know, what's different? That's, that's kind of what I want to do. Remember uh, Applied Research? They still have all of their clinical research studies going on. Uh, if you want to get involved in any of them, you can do so. What you need to do is go to their website, ARC Arkansas. ARCArkansas.com. Uh, do the pull down menu on any of the, the studies you're going to see. It'll give you all of the requirements for you to get, you know, considered for that. Fill it out, give it to them, and uh, they'll get back to you if they can use you in that study. And they've got some good ones going right now acne, uh, moderate to severe acne. They've got testosterone studies going on. Uh, If you're 45 to 80 years old, you might want to look into that one, as well as kidney stones and others. If you don't feel like using your computer and you just want to use your phone, 501-954-7822 is the number. 501-954-7822. Remember, there is some compensation for these studies at Applied Research. Grover Norquist, the founder of Americans for Tax Reform. So, Grover... Explain to me this blue wave. Just yesterday, I did three stories. One, 
The middle class, $61,000, over $61,000 a year uh, income. Half of the people over 61000 the other half under. Highest it's ever been since 1999. You've got uh, fewer people in poverty except in socialist states like uh, California. California is still leading the way at 19%. Seven million people in poverty. Do you realize that's... That's two and a third times uh, of uh, Arkansas. I mean, we just got three million people, so it's two of us and another third to get to the the number of people they've got in poverty. I mean, it, it's incredible all the good things that are that's going on right now. Production is up, businesses are doing better, wages now have grown. What is there to vote against? And voting against means you vote for a Democrat. You know how hypnotists sit there and tell you you're you're getting sleepy, you're getting sleepy? Yes. Uh, the reason why the press likes to talk about the blue wave and so on is to make it true. Uh, you see, uh, back when Bob Dole was running against uh, Clinton, they were running polls that were wildly uh, uh, skewed. More Democrats uh, than Republicans were being interviewed. Uh, and it showed Dole 10 points down. And after a while, that became true mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was hard to raise money if you're 10 points down, even if the numbers are not actually completely um, accurate. So part of it is you're being told if you're a conservative and a Republican, give up, you're going to lose, why vote? Uh, and you're encouraging the Democrats, you should get out and vote, you're going to be part of history and, and a wave. Uh, so it is the establishment press sort of trying to spin and write a narrative that then becomes true. So that's one challenge. Um, the other is there is always the people who are out of power get more excited than the people who are in power because somehow when you have Republican governance, all the Republicans think, well, this is the way the world is supposed to work and that's just the way it is and everybody agrees with me and I don't have to go explain my position uh, because obviously they get it because I won. And uh, if you're out of power, you've got to go explain to everybody what I'm doing and I need to get people excited. So I do think Republicans, conservatives need to be careful. Don't be complacent. Get out and vote spouses, relatives, kids, parents, neighbors, co-workers, bring them to the polls, make sure they vote. And yeah, I mean, memorize a, a fact or two. You just pointed out, um, you know, rather significant numbers for middle-income people in terms of the size of the tax cut. Um, and you keep hearing the numbers. It made 4% growth in the last quarter. We're looking at 4.5% in the next quarter as present uh, Federal Reserve prediction. Uh, And we were told, of course, when Hillary Clinton forgot to win the presidency uh, and Trump came in, that there was going to be, you know, there was impossible to have 3% growth. That that President Trump was saying, look, we're going to have 3% growth and here's what we're going to do. And they said, oh, you're just imagining things. Nobody can get to 3% growth. The world is permanently changed. Reagan had 4% growth, but Obama could never crack 2% on average uh, for his presidency. Therefore... Nobody else can do it because he was Superman. And a point of fact, we've moved to 3% over the last year, and now uh, we're on track for 4%. So uh, we just need to remind people. how, and, and people do get, when you ask them how optimistic they are, small businessmen and women, are you going to be investing more? Are you going to be hiring? The answer is yes, yes. 
people know that they can leave a job and find something else, that's a good sign. It's a good sign when people feel comfortable leaving a job. But if you're terrified, you don't think you ever get another job, you stay with your job, uh, even if you're not happy. It's a good thing when people move from one job to another. Yeah, because it opens up uh, places that people that are on, on lower on the ladder can move up on. Absolutely. You know, a lot, so, lot of people just don't understand basic economics, Grover. Well, one of the things that the other team does is this 1%, the sort of envy the 1%, hate the 1%. Uh, 10% of Americans are in the 1% of income earners at some point in their life. Um, so it's not some static group of people. Plus, 20-year-olds don't infrequently make a lot of money. 50-year-olds often make a lot of money. And 75-year-olds rarely make a lot of money. Right. So the same person looks poor, rich, middle income over the course of his or her life. And, and the left takes the snapshot and assumes that, you know, when people from 20 to 75 are either rich or poor or in the middle or something along those lines. It's a much more dynamic economy than that. And the freer we keep the economy, the more dynamic and the more growth uh, we have. So it's, we're going well. The, the capital expenditures, which is new investment in the United States, is hitting new highs. This are, it, it, the economy is doing so well. Obama has stopped lying about everything in his eight years being Bush's <laughs> fault and is now trying to take credit yes. for the next eight years of Trump, which tells you he's figured out that things are looking good. Yeah, he must have found that magic wand he said that uh, he'd like to see Trump had. You know, Trump's got it, evidently. Hey, Grover, thanks so much for being with us here today on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, I, I just want people to, to keep in mind things are very bright for the future of, of the economy of this, of this nation, and we must reelect the Republicans back into office. I would just point out um, at our website, atr.org, you can look, and we have a list of by state, including Arkansas, of all of the reported benefits that are flowing from the tax cut you know the bean counter farm is doing new hiring uh and raising wages the the, the uh, big river steel company uh, is doing 500 new jobs and 1.2 billion in expansion it goes through all the various companies that have reported that because of the trump republican tax cuts they're raising wages increasing benefits hiring more people investing more in arkansas we appreciate you grover thanks so much you got it. Talk to you later. Grover Norquist, founder, Americans for Tax Reform. Go to his website. Seriously, you need to go to the website. Check all that out. He'll name, you can see, by companies, how much we're doing here in the state of Arkansas. Did you know there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook. And to make matters worse, uh, the government tells the Social Security Administration they are actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. That is absolutely all true. It's no wonder why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year when it comes to Social Security. So learn how you can uh, bring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. To get your free 2018 guide to uh, Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That way, 
You're not going to be leaving uh, thousands of dollars on the table for your retirement through your Social Security. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. The number again, 501-653-6690, or just visit davidlucasfinancial.com. That number one more time, 501 653 6690. All right, coming up here in about uh, half a minute, we got some news for you. Then we got a break. Then I'll have the Monsters of Todd on with us. That big uh, concert is tonight. The money being raised for charity. You won't want to miss it. We'll tell, have him uh, come on. Jimmy's going to come on, tell you about who you can see tonight for a ridiculously low price. But right now, let's check in on the news, see what the latest is on uh, the storm out east. All right, I told you, Monsters of Todd were coming. It's that time of year. It's amazing to me, uh, Jimmy, that it's this time already. It goes so fast. It really does. And and this one hasn't been a full year since the last one. Oh, is that, maybe that's why it just feels yeah, the, like it came fast. Right. We usually do them every year. But, uh, yeah. but this one had a, a little bit of a, a different twist to it because – our honoree this year uh, was diagnosed as being terminally ill. Oh, no. So we were doing our best to to get something put together, you know, but unfortunately she passed on July 20th. Wow. But so in, instead of having her at the show, which we would have hoped for and everyone would have hoped for, um, this event is for her family and to do with whatever uh, the proceeds they'd like to do. Can you, can you say who it was? Uh, her name is Savannah Westover. She was okay. 14 years old. Fourteen, yes, and she uh, she suffered from osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer. Okay, um, and was diagnosed, I believe, back in March as being terminally ill, and she outlived her diagnosis, uh, but sadly passed in uh, July. 20th. Yeah, I've 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 had a couple of people that I know that have passed because of uh, of cancer. Most of the ones that I've known, it's been pancreatic cancer. Uh-huh. Uh, have you? Has it seemed to you there's been more cases of pancreatic cancer? You know, it seems like I don't know the number specifically, but I don't know what's in the air or the water. Or, yeah, I don't know either. It just seems like could that be these particular. electronic devices. You know, for all we know, yeah, I mean, it's, maybe the reason we're hearing more of it is because it's such a lethal form. It is. Of cancer. And that's that's kind of a, a death sentence when you hear pancreatic cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's the can- when I was younger, my fa- my grandfather died uh, of cancer, and I remember when they uh, when they they told my grandfather he had cancer. Right. That's the way they used to talk about. Oh it. yeah. People whispered it yeah. because it, it, you hoped that by saying it, you didn't get it. You know, right. kind of thing. Right. Just a whisper campaign sort of thing. And- yeah. But, you know, what's incredible is, and I've just learned this in the last few years, just being involved in this, though, that how prevalent it really is. Um, one in two men and one in three women will be at some point diagnosed. Wow. And that could be all the way from pancreatic cancer to just having a little melanoma cut off yeah. your nose, you know. But it just, I didn't realize how prevalent, you know, that it really was. Well, talk about this uh, from the perspective of this was something that you did for a friend. Yes. And it has just ballooned into something that I know you guys never expected never, it to happen. Never anticipated. You thought this was going to be a one-and-done. One and it, it was. And uh, the namesake of, of Monsters of Todd um, is uh, my friend Todd Mills. Uh, we were in the military together in the Air Force, um, and we played in a band together uh, for a number of years. 
um and then my job took me out of state you know so but we kept in touch and still you know remain great friends um but then in 2013 um he had some headaches and went in to get it looked at and found out he had stage four lung and brain cancer so they went in and did surgery removed half a lung and removed a tumor um from his brain um, but went back in for a checkup and sadly just never recovered never went metastasized home from the right and it was just as you can imagine just devastating you know he had uh, young daughters um six years old at the time um and a wife you know that that he left behind it was just shocking to everyone he passed away on thanksgiving day 2013 um so just sitting around grieving, wondering, you know, why did this happen, what to do, and just some friends and I got together and played and, and said, hey, let's see if we can put on this musical um, event for him. Just, I'm not an oncologist. I just yeah. want to play a couple chords and how to get some people together. So, so we did that, um, and through an online benefit and through what we raised through tickets at the door, raffle items, silent auction, we raised a total of $30,000 that first year. Um, and it was just meant to be a one-off to help pay for medical expenses, funeral right. expenses. But, you know, that was the weirdest thing is we were well, – right now all the guys are setting up down there at the Red Room right now. Right. I just came from there dropping off drum kits and all kinds of fun stuff. But I remember the very first one just sitting there on the stage and just kind of looking around. Nobody was there yet. And I'm like, is this going to be a complete bummer? You know, because it just been barely two months and Todd had passed. And I was still brokenhearted and it was, mm-hmm. everything was still so raw best party i've ever been to i mean people were just loving on each other and a lot of people showed time. up they did. they did we had probably three four hundred people show yeah. up um and like to just raise ten thousand dollars just right there at the rev room that night just in tickets raffle tickets mm-hmm. and i've never been in an environment like that where just you, nobody was arguing nobody was fighting nobody about politics no nothing it's just everybody to who knew todd or supported his family and it was just an incredible night of fun and music and just lifting a family up that was just crushed you know and then gosh about a year later you know we had people asking you guys going to do anything like that again so we kind of okay i guess you know yeah. so why not we had a total of 25 vans volunteered to play that we had to split it up into two nights for the second year it right. was just that much outpouring of all these bands who could be out making money you know there's bands that are making 500 dollars a night there's some of the bands that are playing on this bill play at casinos in oklahoma and you know all around for 2500 you know but they've all volunteered their time um and their their talent every year to us and so the second year we decided to focus our efforts um, on cancer related charities so we mm-hmm. went with a, a pretty broad one the american cancer society um so we, all of our proceeds went there um the next year we decided to just kind of focus in a little bit more we've been hearing about arkansas children's hospital on the fourth floor the, the cancer unit yep. over there and it just it was just mind blowing to me how many kids are going through this and how little of government funding there is for cancer treatment. Four percent of cancer research funding goes for kids. And I don't know why that is, maybe because they don't vote. I, I don't really know the the reasons behind right. it. Right. That's that's a tragedy that it's four percent. But what I was saying is we decided to to focus on one child in central Arkansas that has cancer. Um and that first year was Keegan Provost, Keegan the Warrior, and uh He's still around. Just the kid is a fireball. It's just a, a ball of energy. And uh, and then last year, uh, we had Athena Boggs, who's battling leukemia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year, uh, we chose Savannah Westover. And as I said, sadly, she she passed before we could we could have the event. But we're we're going to keep going. Life goes on, and we're going to lift her family up. Well, for her family, they, they still have 
bills and things that they oh they absolutely have to and and her mom uh, shannon you know had to stay home and take care of her i mean you know feeding her and caring for every need and the financial impact i, I can't even imagine um just the, the emotional toll for one uh just having a, a sick child and you're wondering what you can do and you just feel helpless and then the financial impact and it's just people just want to crawl in a hole and but they're not alone there's that's happening to many kids and and every child that we've has been our honoree has been referred to us by the child before so there's sadly there's no shortage of, of kids on that fourth floor no no that, there's that plenty need help but and, you know in, in in a floor that deals with uh, a very very serious disease you would think that it would be a kind of a bummer place to visit not no, so much no they're they form these bonds those families do they form these bonds with each other and you know they kind of get used to something that's would be horrible spending christmas you know running around on roller skates in the hallways and mm-hmm. you know and missing holidays and living a regular life you know with other kids at school and that sort of thing but i've, I've seen it these families form these bonds together that they speak a language you know that most of us will never have to learn you know what a shunt is and what all these different procedures are and that fortunately most of us you know won't have to see knock on wood hopefully but, but it's yeah that's a that's a whole culture under itself that fourth floor over there. yeah that's, it, that's it an will army. change your perspective on life if you'll go up and just visit there yeah absolutely and yeah. and a lot of times you know the people that are stuck in the hospital like that they like when people come and visit Oh yeah. You know, if you want to you want to visit up there, you talk to the folks over at Children's and you can get in, you can go by and visit and 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 help raise there's, them. There's groups that go by outside the windows out there holding up signs and, you know, balloons and just anything that to give some measure of support for these kids cuz they're going through it and but when you meet kids, you know, like Athena or, or Keegan, I'm former military and you know, I thought I was pretty tough as nuts, you know, but I've never seen a toughness and a real world. I've I've been through it, you know, and I'm I'm still battling, and just still had such a great attitude. And what's really cool is that many times they forget about themselves and they make bonds with the other patients, and yeah. they'll bring the, they won't want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about the other patients. They want to know how they're doing. Right. You're absolutely right. As, as a matter of fact, on our, our Monsters of Todd on our Facebook page, there's a video that um, one of the uh, the co-organizers, Matt Joyce, he's been up here with me in the years yeah. past. Um, he's at the Rev Room right now. They're they're packing he's, up. He's Elvis, right? He's the Elvis impersonator. <laughs> he absolutely is. But and he is just a, a ball of energy. Well, Matt and an, another young lady that's on the lineup last year and this year again, Sarah Cecil, mm-hmm. um, they went over to visit Savannah, and they've gone to visit. Uh, they went to visit Athena last year and played music, you know, with right. them and just try to bring her her spirits up and their family. And they went to visit Savannah and did that and played some music and just hung out with the family. And who was over there? Keegan, you know, and Keegan, his mom, uh, Robin, were over there just showing their support, just knowing that they've gone through the same thing that savannah's family's going right. through and as you said just being there for each other it's really incredible it's inspiring well it's inspiring for the other kids if they see a kid that's been through it and maybe they've beaten cancer it's in remission or they figure that they're healed or uh, perhaps that uh, you know they they got through it and they're just feeling better and stuff now. right and those and they they come with some experience and some wisdom to share with yep. kids who are newly diagnosed and scared out of their minds understandably and just incredible people it's it's such a a curse i mean having being a diagnosed with cancer but 
with that experience just comes some wisdom that you don't see in most grown-ups there's these kids are wise beyond their years because they've they've seen real life you know Mm. it's not oh i got a parking ticket kind of bad day these folks are you know they're lucky to be alive each day you know in in most cases so just such a a neat perspective from six and seven year old children it's it's unbelievable it really is all right now this is all happening tonight we're going to tell you where to go how to get there what it runs how you can help that's all coming up when we come back uh, don't forget about horton's orthotics and prosthetics uh they've got their state of the art facility going uh, uh from their first facility on 12th street here in little rock that uh, started back in the late 80s now uh, it has been brought forth. This was a home that was built in the late 1800s. They've literally tore down a good portion of it, replaced a foundation, uh, rebuilding it. You won't know it when you see it now. If you remember it from a couple of years ago or just earlier this year, you won't recognize it now. A new gate room in there. They got a huge new waiting room, uh, you know, central heating and air so that uh, people are comfortable in there all the time, a new mastectomy area, so that uh, you have privacy and comfort while you're fitted. All that's going on because Hortons prides itself on their patient relationships. Keeping you happy is their priority. Now, there'll be six locations with the updated facility here in Little Rock. There's also North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. And remember, Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support all right so i i set this all up so that you know what the monsters todd is all about i you should know this by now they've been on have you been on since the first one the very first one that was um march 2013 so we've been doing or it for 14 a march i'll do it I'll, I'll keep doing it every year you guys do it all right we're gonna keep going people right. keep we'll showing be up on here one day. <laughs> yeah. i'll be yeah, on my crane right ready to gum people yeah, anyway <laughs> <laughs> nope, as long as you'll have us we'll be here yeah i'll bring you on all the time it's just such a great cause and i i i credit you guys you did it for your friend and his family the first time and since then you just it's like a calling it is it, it really is just the just the feeling that you got from doing it from the people that supported it and keep doing it, it just be seems like such a waste of goodwill towards someone that people keep hey can you do this again and here's another now you family. said before we came on you said ticket sales are going well they are we uh in the tickets are at the door so there's not a yeah, physical right, ticket right. that you get but judging by the uh, the facebook page people that click that they're interested or they're going we've right, far right. surpassed anything in the past and so it's gonna be the biggest one yet how many people can the rev room hold i believe they used to have a restaurant part in the back and i think that is closed down so that may have lowered it but i think it's 550 okay and, uh, so i think we well we, we want to fill that. it all up yeah <laughs> okay we want to fill that baby all up how much you get in this year 10 bucks still 10 dollars. 10 bucks at the door that's you 10 dollars can... you can spend oh yeah and, and there's going to be some other things we'll have uh t-shirts commemorative t-shirts and we do those each year uh, those are available for 20 dollars um we have raffle items we've got some really cool prints i'll show you during the break um, okay art prints just one of like Jimi hendrix and stevie ray vaughn and um 
Good stuff. Eddie Van Halen, all these, and we had them framed and matted, and so we're going to have raffle tickets available to mm-hmm. win those. Uh, we've got some other items, autograph CDs from some bands. Um, we've got some stuff for the ladies. We've got facial cream kits, you know, that have been right. donated and that sort of thing. So, a little fun stuff for everybody. Silent auction going on. Uh, it's just going to be a raffle this oh, year. Oh, just a mm-hmm. raffle. Just okay. a raffle. Put your ticket in and hope that they draw your ticket out. Then. You bet. You okay, bet. That sounds cool. All right. So, the folks that want to go, Tell them what they need to do, where they need to be tonight, what time they need to get there. I know, look, Razorbacks don't play to tomorrow. They're going to lose anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know that's harsh, but I'm just telling you, I was not impressed uh, this last game. But the bottom line is, you know, they're playing tomorrow. Tonight, turn all your attention and energy to this concert. Absolutely. No matter what happens with the football game tomorrow, tonight's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. You can't always say that when the Razorbacks That's are right. kind of rebuilding. But, uh, but yeah, the show is going to be tonight. It kicks off at 7 at the Rev Room. That's uh, 300 President Clinton Avenue, downtown Little Rock. Um, doors open at 6. You can get in there and get yourself a seat for, uh, but the remainder will be standing room only. And it's, there's going to be a lot of folks standing because it's going to be a, it's going to be a big show. Um, we've just, we've just, the bill is incredible. The best one I think we've had. Uh, we are going to have Tragically White, who are just, Oh, they're going to be pop- there. Oh, yeah. Tragically. Oh, okay. They've, they're celebrating their 25th year of, of rocking out all over this state, so and all over the country, for that matter. Um, also had Third Degree, who uh, they kind of split up temporarily. A member had to move out of state, but they're reuniting for us just tonight, so they're they're going to be there. They're an incredible band. Um, De France, really, really cool rock and roll band. They opened up for Bon Jovi. They were handpicked by Bon Jovi to open up for them when they played here at the Verizon. Right. Um, Mayday by Midnight, just they are incredible. The Gettys, um, and Todd was a member of the Gettys, um, so that's his his band are, are reuniting. Um, they do that every year for this cause. Um, we've also got Dual Ranger um, and the incredible Sarah Cecil and David Mead. Um, Sarah Sarah's fourteen years old, but I've he, heard regardless of her age, she's just things, an incredible right? artist, just of any age. But to be that talented, that young is is it, it just blows my mind. It really does. At fourteen years old, I'm picking my nose, and you know doing nothing with my life and here's this 14 year old dynamo and she's playing you know all these these shows and concerts and she recently went out to nashville and played at the bluebird cafe that's where taylor yeah. swift was discovered yeah so i mean she's big time in it so she's the bluebird she's got a big is where all the country artists go to oh try yeah to get yep and her, she's got the full support of her family and they go all over just exposing her music to wherever they can do it and she's one of these days this thing might be at verizon arena you know monsters of todd with her playing it who knows she's gonna she's got a big future ahead of her and just a great great kid okay so every ticket is just at the door every ticket's at the door ten dollars cash to get in um yeah and uh they do not have an atm i found out at the rev room so okay. if you just need to stop and get some cash on your way before before you come out there just know that um it is an all-ages show uh, we do have some foam earplugs available for the kiddos, but if you if those aren't sufficient, you might want to bring uh, bring some more headphone or head ear protection for the kiddos. Well, I got to tell you what. Speaking of that, I went and saw Metallica the last time they were here, and Lars had his kids with him. Ah, and it was so funny because they were running up on stage while they were performing and stuff, <laughs> and they had earmuffs on. Yeah, that he had on. The rest of them didn't have them on. Everybody, well, I'm yep. sure they had something in their ear, but I'm, I'm just telling you, those kids were well protected. So. You got to. I mean, that's one. Yeah. That's just a loud band to begin with. Yeah, you know. But 
yeah i couldn't imagine just being right up there in those monitors and yeah the band's probably got in-ear monitors and that sort of thing but yeah we had last year as a matter of fact when uh, we had athena uh, when she was our honoree last year um her and her brother she had five brothers you know so a couple of the brothers are running around on stage while we're playing just it's an all-ages show and we'll just it's a kid's rule rule you know right. let them do what they want to do but yeah we had to put some ear have protection some on. time it have gets, a good time it gets loud up on stage okay. <laughs> it sure does so it all starts at what time doors open at six the show starts at seven sarah cecil will be kicking things off at seven o'clock and how yeah because she's gonna get home getting bet no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, what time <laughs> what time are you finishing up well the doors close at 1 30 but just so there's no rushing people out and things we try to wrap things up 12 45 one o'clock okay yeah. so you'll have all the uh the tickets drawn for all the items oh yeah all, all that will that. be done but we'll try to have all that done before the last band goes on de france will be our headliner and they're going on about between 11 30 and 12 all right so i want you to stay with us because we're going to keep the man here in the studio because we're going to we're going to keep reminding you about the concert tonight but i want him to talk a little bit about the fbi <laughs> You, well, you used to work for the FBI. I did for a number of years. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. I'm going to bring up Strzok and Page. I'm going to bring those names up to him and see what he has to say about them. When we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Stay Show. Tuned. I can't believe it, uh, Russ. I'm I'm watching uh, some live shots from Moorhead City, North Carolina right now, and there's actually no television personality standing out in the wind Holding on to a sign, <laughs> flapping like an American flag. Well, you know, Jim Cantori has given up going into the eye of the storm. Yeah, he can't do it anymore. No, they won't let him do it anymore. Yeah, it's because he's getting old. Right, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that everywhere he goes, death and destruction follow. <laughs> ah. Yeah, if he shows up, a bad thing happens. That's exactly <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, yeah, not none of that. And... I couldn't believe it as well. They were showing the ocean and the big waves. There were no surfers out there. They always get. They always yeah. Go those find, guys are nuts. They always they go, out go out find there. a few people to go out and, and surf for the cameras or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. I. Carolina. You spoke Beach, too soon. North Carolina guy standing out out on the uh, looks like the, the the steps that go down to the beach. He's out there. And he's flapping in, in the wind. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 for the life of me, I still don't Is he understand. attached to a rope? No, he's not. I, I would like, well, we saw the one earlier today that the guy was leaning back into the wind and was holding him up, and he was like at a 45 degree. I think the joke degree. of that was that if he, we, we would all hope that the wind would just would suddenly stop, stop and fall flat on his head. Flat right on his head. Yeah, I just don't understand. Why do you need to stand out there? You've got the picture. Dude, you don't need to do this. It just looks stupid. You're just being... That's got to be an inside joke there back at the the radio room or the newsroom that, hey, let's find this guy that nobody likes yeah, or the new guy. The, who got the short straw today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> as far as that's concerned. This guy, he's like ducking his head down. I mean, I don't think, realize, I had to walk from my barracks to uh, on base when Rita came through uh, Guam, and y- you do not cannot realize how hard rain can feel when it's being blown at about 105 miles an hour. Oh. It feels like somebody's throwing gravel at you and hitting you with it. Luckily, I got over then 
because they we had ropes that they went between the barracks with so you held on to and right. made, made your way between the barracks and stuff and uh, we stayed of course indoors after uh, when it got closer i was in a plane going through it i went with the uh you went on the hurricane hunter yeah with the uh the weather reconnaissance squadron there on guam i've got you've seen my plaque there in my yeah I've my office it. for typhoon chasers and uh we flew through there i was talking who was i talking to jr talking to jr about that and said you litter you would fall 180 feet you'd be flying through and all of a sudden in the air pocket and shoo, oh. that's like 18 floors man man your stomach's in your throat oh, yeah no it left you it went right out the top of your head and into the bag that you had <laughs> right. you know what i'm saying it, it was when i finally realized what they meant when they said there's those who have thrown up on c-130s and those that will <laughs> <laughs> i've seen it yeah. yeah those things they're just rough because they fly so low and uh, but you fly that's one plane that can fly with one engine. Yeah, oh, it's an incredible plane. Of, it's really, really uh, well made. Flown on a few of those, and then if you're on jump seats with the guys, if, if one oh, guy just, gets sick, and yeah. it's just, just a chain reaction. Just swinging like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that smell starts permeating <laughs> yeah. the cabin, and oh, just yeah, and everybody gets a bag. And you don't, it's not like you, it's not like it's air conditioned. No, it's not. It's <laughs> hot, and it smells like fumes. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's not the most fun in the world <laughs> see it's nice talking to a, a, another air force puke you know it really is Go big it's blue. Great. you gotta love that stuff anyway jimmy's with us we've been talking about the monsters of todd tonight starts at six rev room show would get over oh, go, get going about seven that's correct mm-hmm. all right you show up pay your ten dollars go inside make sure you bring cash because they don't have an atm there they're not gonna you're not gonna take cards right uh, we do have swipers. Oh, you got and swipers. That, okay. They don't take. They only take cash at the door. Okay. Uh, but we will have swipers inside to to sweep uh, to swipe cards and. But cash would just be easier. For they the would love that. They've got big black trash bags for it. See, that's what they do at the comic cons. Everybody ah. shows up and they got big plastic, the big plastic black bags, and they put their tens and twenties and whatever in that. That's why you see some of these guys leave, and they've got big trash bags full of money. <laughs> wow, tax free, man. Yeah, that's been people pay fifty hundred bucks just to get an autograph and pose some real more. quick and move on. Yeah, so it's really bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, people, I forget. Uh, there's a gentleman over there who has done countless voices, and he's from here in Little Rock. I didn't. Re- hmm. Don and Bryant. What's that guy from? I'll get Tim Lim on. He's going to be in here in a few minutes. I'll get him, ask him who the guy's name was. He'll know who it is immediately, and we can talk about it. i got to get him on sometime, just have him, like, after we come back from every break, have him do a different voice. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> That'd yeah. be just, funny. And to see what you that he'd done, that oh, you heard it, but ton. probably never knew it was him. I mean, he's done a ton of voices. We'll talk about I'll give it with Tim when, when he gets on, and Josh, they can talk about it. All right, so... Here's the key. I, w- I want to move away from the, the Monsters of Todd just for a moment. We're going to come back. I'm going to hit you about this again because you need to go. If you're a rock and roll fan, you need to go to this tonight. And all of the money you spend, whether it's to get in or whether it's to buy tickets to try to win some of the prizes and stuff they're going to give away, it all goes to help uh, a young person who has passed away from cancer. They were hoping that they would be here tonight, but they... They died back, what did you say, in June? July 20th. July, okay. Mm-hmm. 
So, but the the money will be well used by the family because just the just the bills that you accumulate for the medical right. treatment are are huge. So that this will help defray some of that. You can be part of this. This is something that these guys do every year. It benefits someone every year, and typically the the person that they benefit for is named by the person who was benefited the last time. Yes. Did you get? Were you able to get have a name from this person for the we'll, next year? I will do that tonight. As a matter of fact, Savannah's okay. family will be there tonight at the event, as well as Todd point. Mills' family. Okay. And I'd like to cons- you know consult with both of them, and it's, Boy, you, got you don't from, have to go very far to find someone that needs all help. Five years now, right? Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a growing family. So you got a half a decade going here. Yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And it was just all kind of on a lark. That uh, one year was supposed, supposed to be a one-off one thing. On. Yeah. All right, a one, a one four, and it's become something. So, how much have you raised total now? That's, I would say about forty five thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Every yeah every year it's just it get and it's getting bigger and better every year. So yeah. it's not just going to maintain as a, a small um, small fee that we can raise. So that our numbers grow every year. So I got to come back for like the twentieth anniversary. It's going to be held over <laughs> at the Verizon. Hey, that would be fantastic. <laughs> if we got that big, I would have I would have never seen it coming. It would be amazing, uh, wouldn't it? To do something like. Can you imagine about eighteen thousand people showing oh, up? That would be, just to fight cancer. That would be incredible. That'd be an incredible thing to see. I was Absolutely. watching that stand up to cancer event on TV the other night, and just if this thing turned into something, you know, that was just so grassroots and just organic, how it happened, then that'd be incredible. Yeah, it would strange be. things have happened. All right, but believe it or not. You know, he's been in the Air Force. He's been a rock and roller, still is a rock and roller. <laughs> but one time, he was FBI. I was, yes. For I wish I had the uh, the theme song from the FBI. <laughs> from Zimbalist Jr. Yes, yes, I remember. We could have played that for you. How did you get into the FBI? Did you, I, I heard, story I heard now, this is, word again, on the street. word on the street, is that you worked your bippy off. I did. To get into the FBI. Yeah, I was kind of one of those lucky kids. I knew at a very early age what I wanted to do. And uh, I always just loved law enforcement from playing cops and robbers when I was a kid. And I decided then and there I wanted to be a, a police officer. And so just talking to my parents and grandparents and like, what is what is the NFL of that? You know, and they're like, it's the FBI. So this from the day I could spell it, I wanted to be an FBI agent. Okay. So, um, I joined the Air Force straight out of high school, and I did. I was in the Air Force for eleven years. I was a military police. They call it Security Forces. Yeah, SP. Uh, yeah, it was SP, and then and now it's SF Security Forces. Oh, is they it? They keep okay. changing names, and yeah. So it used to be Air Police. Remember back, and that sounds like yeah. the Jetsons. You know, that was back in the '60s, <laughs> and then it was Security Police, and now it's Security Forces. So, All right. Uh, did that. I got out in 2000. Um, Finished my education. You had to have a four-year degree to apply right. to the FBI. Um, had had some law enforcement experience. Had my degree. Um, Don't they like kind of you to have lawyer experience too? There are several ways you can go in. There's different programs. It okay. can be a computer specialist. It can be an attorney, an accountant, uh, a foreign language yeah, expert. Because they need forensics. Absolutely. So there's, there's and then stuff. they have kind of an all others category called a diversified category, and that's what I went through. Just law enforcement. Okay. You know, I'm I'm not a bean counter. I'm not an attorney. Good for you. I'm You've not been a, <laughs> bored out of your mind. So I, I went in in the, the what's called the diversified uh, category, 
kind of the all others. Mm-hmm. And um, but at the time, there's a hiring freeze, and okay. so I, here I was. I cut, I burned my bridge getting out of the Air Force, waiting to get into the FBI, and they're not hiring. I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Well, nine eleven happened, and about six months to the day after that, I was at Quantico um, for new agent trainee class. How was that? But what was it like to go through Quantico? It was great. It, it was not as difficult as I could. It's not. It's not easy by any means. It's more staying on schedule, getting your tasks done, because you may go to the firing range for four hours, and then you'll go to a legal class for an hour, or then you'll go learn how to do photography, crime scene photography for an hour, uh-huh. and you'll do emergency driving vehicle for an hour. So it's just it's kind of like, well, it's just like a regular police academy, but if you've been through basic training, That's what you can say. Is it, it. kind of like basic? Is, uh, is no, there... they're, they're not yelling at you, and I mean, it's there's some discipline, you know, there's a structure there, but you will be at class this time, you'll be there, but it's it, you don't have, you know, the, the full metal jacket, you know, banging on your cot or anything like that did first you, thing in the morning. Well, you did go through, uh, you know, fighting and things of that nature. Oh, right? absolutely, yeah. There's uh, You do uh, a lot of training, groundwork training, how to protect your weapon and um, until backup comes. So you do some some trainings, like kind of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, some kind of chokehold, some oh, judo, defensive cool. stuff. Um, matter hey, fact, remind I, me, Russ, not to cross him. <laughs> right. I mean, okay go ahead you but yeah so it's mainly stuff just how to protect yourself until some backup and you know how to subdue uh, you know the bad guy and, and that sort of thing did you get to go through any of the it, i don't know if it's advanced training or it's just normal training like for you know finding the the the, the serial killers and that kind of stuff no they didn't it was profiling that that unit is called the behavior analysis unit and okay uh, I did get to go down there and look around. There are six floors underneath the cafeteria is where they stay. It's real dank, dark basement, and it's a bunch of it's a bunch of nerds. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not you know as sexy as it looks on on TV, but those folks are down you there. Mean they doing, don't look like Jodie Foster. No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they are six floors under where the cafeteria is at the uh, at at wow. Quantico, and they they're down there just doing this. I mean, it's a bunch of psychologists and you know these folks who are just deep into this stuff and uh but the one of the the guy that was kind of the, the grandfather of the profiling kind of thing his name is john douglas i know i've met him have you really yes okay fascinating guy well if you know anything about the you know the memphis uh folks right. here and all that yeah. he's probably the reason that they finally got sprung ah okay because of the knot in the rope and the different right. hair and the knot and all of the rest uh, and that they did not meet the profile, right? Of yeah, that was the killer. Lots of things that were missed. That yeah, that's just justice system, you know. And it's He's it's a, flawed. Uh, what was his book? Monsters. Mind Hunter? Uh, he did Mind Hunter and, and Monsters Among Us. I yeah. think was the other. He book. Was, I think he did like Obsessed was the second one. And I think it's yeah, Monsters Among Us. Something. Yeah, else. I I I had him on my show several times. Fascinating guy to talk. He to. really is. Have you seen the show on uh, Netflix? They they oh, have a yes. mind hunter show. Yeah, it's great. That was a trippy show. Yeah, you know, and, and based on true stuff. You know, he went and interviewed like two hundred. Yeah, he's the one who killers. did them. Yeah, yeah. The one that he did on Richard Speck. Yeah, was really kind of scary yeah. about how he took the bird and threw it up in the fan and yeah. all that. It just yeah, Ooh, it gives you the creep. But the thing about back to John Douglas, he just because it's kind of dark and dank down there and that six floors under, he would take his stuff and go over to the library. All his, you know, lay it out on the table when everybody's kind of gone and 
Um, so at the library, you at the FBI by and you get to look at all the pictures. Oh yeah, you oh, just yeah. see you know, you decomposing bodies. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, he just he didn't like it down there, so he would take his stuff to the library. So did you get to meet him? I have not met him. I just read no, all of his he's books. A very interesting. That's, I didn't know you'd met him and had him on your show. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Interesting cat. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Don't forget Monsters of Todd tonight. Rev Room. What time does it start? Doors open at six. Show starts at seven. It's ten bucks. And you got all kinds. Of, who's the headliners? The headliner is De France. You know, a great rock and roll band. They kind of remind me of Tom Petty, Allman Brothers. Just no, really cool. together. They, a little southern, southern. Oh rock? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they okay. just came back from a European tour. Like I so said, they opened for Bon Jovi. They were handpicked to open wow. by John Bon Jovi to open for them. So fantastic band. You, really right. like you get ten dollars to see them. You won't. You won't get that deal very often. Okay, a break more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we just got a few moments left here in this half hour. Uh, with Jimmy and, and and again, don't forget about Monsters of Todd tonight. It's for a great cause. Uh, starts off doors open at six. It's ten bucks to get in. You're going to see some the better uh, bands in the area are going to be there. A lot of great great uh, entertainment. It's going to go from six until eh, yeah. yeah, twelve thirty one o'clock yeah somewhere in there. And they got some very cool things that you can win. Uh, you got to buy some tickets and things of that nature. Right, just $2.50 for a raffle ticket. Gosh. You can get you can get five of them can for you 10 buy, bucks. You can, can you buy like a NBA. roll? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll sell wanna, a roll. I want to buy some. I'll, buy <laughs> I'll some. show you these prints. You're gonna, you yeah, it'd be them. great. Yeah, I love the prints. I, I'm into that kind of stuff. All right, so you were a member of the FBI for how long? Uh, 12 and a half years. All right. Yeah. So you, you went to the, you know, 2012-ish. Uh, with that... You went through Quantico. You uh, then were assigned. Where'd you go to? I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, uh, where the, you live today? Yep, today. Okay. Yeah. The main office is in Oklahoma City. Uh, there's 56 field divisions, but there are satellite offices, you know, throughout a state. For example, in Little Rock's the main office here, mm-hmm. but Jonesboro, Harrison. You know, oh, there's, sure. There's offices scattered throughout. So, what uh, what was your main job? Main job I, since I came in right after 9/11 was counterterrorism. Which uh, meant you? There's a variety of, of things that go into it, but folks either looking to commit plots of mm-hmm. actual terrorism or funding terrorism. That was one of the big things that, that I saw in, in, in my area. Funding? Were funding. Because it was shortly around the time that the Holy Land Foundation down okay. in Texas, right. uh, Richardson, Texas, there were groups that were raising money um, and sending it to groups overseas who claimed to be you know helping uh, – folks who'd been um, you know injured through conflict in the middle east or this some kind of humanitarian cause but that humanitarian cause was funding um martyrs people who martyred themselves i got one minute left okay sure fire away strock and page we know those those names yes all right your thoughts um the opposite of what the fbi is supposed to be it's supposed to be a black and white right and wrong leave your politics at home you know and those two just and it's right there in their text to each other back and forth and people can have conversations at home about how they feel about certain politics mm-hmm. but you can't let that spill into your work you know it's you let the case lead you not your ideology and that's exactly what they what they did and ignored some things because it went against their their ideology and exaggerated some things that did not so i'm glad i got out when i did <laughs> well jimmy i gotta tell you i I did not know about this. Blame Shane, he told me. 
Anyway, <laughs> sure he told me, and I, I wanted to bring it up and talk to you about it. Happy to talk about it. Monsters of Todd tonight at the Rev Room. Get started at 6. Show starts at 7. Please go over and give your $10. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Henry. I really appreciate it. All right. All right. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, and we'll have the Geek Boys coming in here in just a few moments. Tim Lim will be joining us. Josh will be joining us. And uh, we'll be talking to them about all things geeky. Uh, let me talk to you about something that uh, wanted to uh, bring everybody up on. I went and saw the new movie last night, The Predator. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen uh, a lot of people uh, attacking it, saying that the Predator movie hasn't been as good since uh, the very first one. Now, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting a little bit jaded or whatever. But the problem, I think, what that a lot of people have is back in 86 when uh, The Predator came out uh, with Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, big star at that time. Everybody's looking forward to the movie. And he comes out with that flick. You got Jesse, Vin, Jesse the Body Ventura in it. Former, uh, you know, WWF star at that time, WWF, while well, the you know, World Wrestling Federation before they had to change it to WWE because of the Wildlife Feder- uh, Federation people. But uh, the the bottom line was, I think people think of the first film more highly than what it really was let me explain what i'm saying it was a monster movie all right it was an action movie with a monster is what it was uh the monster almost wasn't as cool as he turned out to be you know stan wilson made the creature and that was a last minute thing they had other people that were uh working the creature first they wanted it to have kind of a canine head and all this other stuff, and uh, it wasn't working out. Do you know? Do you know who was supposed to play the creature initially, Russ? Jean Claude Van Damme. He was going to be the creature, and uh, he had to wear this kind of like red suit and and, and stuff because they so that they could do the uh, that kind of special effect they got where. You can't see him, but you kind of see him kind of glimmering type of thing when the when the, the predator is up there in the in the trees and whatnot. Uh, but it wasn't working initially. It was not working at all. And you know, uh, Schwarzenegger was really worried that the movie was going to turn into a real dog. And Stan Wilson then uh, got involved in it, and. He did all of. Uh, he came up with the uh, the man the mandibles that uh, the you know that that face uh, that ever the classic iconic monster face, and uh, you know he was very that was very very cool. He saved the motion picture. Stan did. Did you know that about the the original Predator? Did you know that Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to play the monster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't know that, and it and it looked ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of like with Alien. 
most people don't realize that there's actually a really tall, slender guy who was in that suit. Yes. I didn't realize that until about five years ago when someone told me that as part of trivia. I always thought it was a puppet or something. Well, Sean, let me tell you, Jean-Claude Van Damme is, is short. In real life? Yes. You've met him? He's a, yeah, he's not a big guy. He's oh, like, wow. He's kind of like Tom Cruise, a small guy. All yeah. right? Luckily, the guy that played the Predator that had Stan Wilson's outfit on was over seven foot tall. Oh wow! So and and a big dude. All right. So they actually had a formidable monster for a bunch of these uh, the guys that they had in the movie that were all former bodybuilders and stuff. I mean, you couldn't have a a little tiny monster kicking all their butts. That would have looked absolutely ridiculous. So they they ended up with this new creation, and it was uh, it was you know very cool. But people look back on that because it's kind of a seminal. It's a seminal movie. And it was so much different than the movies that were kind of being made at that time. People have a higher opinion of how really good that movie was than how good it really was. Yeah, it's sort of... It's an average flick, all right? It's sort of... It it sets a new paradigm, but just because you're the first to do it doesn't mean that you're the ultimate in quality. Now, I I actually do like that movie. I do, too. I like it a lot. (laughs) I've got it on... On uh, Blu-ray, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the the flick. I mean, I mean, it's got two lines in it that I that I love. Of course, the <laughs> Ventura line, "I don't have time to bleed," and the other one being uh, Schwarzenegger looking at the predator. You're one you, ugly, he, yeah, blah 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 blah. blah <laughs> right, and and they play on that in this new movie. By mm-hmm. the way, Olivia New uh, Munn Mun uh-huh. looks at. She's a biologist, and she's looking at an alien, and she goes. You're one beautiful blah blah blah, <laughs> which I thought was just I, I was the only I was I the only one who had seen the original Predator. I don't know. I laughed out loud when she said it. Now I, I didn't catch part of your conversation because on the way in I was getting out of my car and stuff yeah. like that, so I had to turn it off. But I know that I, I heard that there were some complaints about the movie. I haven't read I any. I love it, so. man. I liked it. I give it B minus B. All right. Aww, that's about what I. Ex- disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's what I expect from a monster now, movie. Did you like it better than the previous movie with Adrian Brody? Oh yes. Okay. If it, if you like Absolutely. it better, then I'll watch it. I mean, this. I'm. Let me just tell you what. This is the Predator from the first movie. Okay. This this big one that shows up, you know, at the at the end because he's like. He's like uh, the bounty hunter. He's mm-hmm. he's looking for one, and he's chasing this other one. But I'm telling you what, there, they, they it got its R rating for a reason. So is is it both a soft reboot and a sequel? Kind so, of. Oh, there's a. It there, is a sequel. It's to, open for a sequel. No, I meant it is a sequel to the Schwarzenegger movie, but at the same time being yes. like fresh. So that they if you refer haven't seen to it. it. Yeah, okay, they refer. They talk about they came in '86. They came back in '96. And things of that nature. So they're 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 keeping up. You know, they're they're talking about how many times they've visited Earth, uh, co hunting, and they've gotten better every time they've come back. Okay. And basically, what the aliens supposedly look, you gotta understand. You know as well as I do. There's going to be some lefty politics in movies now. Oh, don't tell me that. Go, well, they're coming. They're 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 trying to take over Earth. They, okay. They want to recolonize Earth. But they come from where? They come from a planet that is jungle and whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, they don't want us to stop from destroying ourselves with global warming. You know, they, no. They want to take over the earth. Okay? Oh, no. Okay. That, but it's it's done so quickly, you can <laughs> you can forget about it. Right? I don't know, Dave. You're, we're, you and I are so wrapped up into politics. I and know. This stuff well, I eats can, at me. I just yeah, it, it eats at me too. But it is what it is. It's gotten to. I expect that somewhere in, in when Mary Poppins comes out, they'll they'll take a shot oh. at Trump or something. So really quick, I don't know how much time we have left. Yeah, but go. You my time. my wife and I we uh, we we had a lot of time because she was off for Labor Day weekend. And so we hadn't been to the movies in a long time. So we went to see Christopher Robin because we haven't been to a movie in the that theaters. That looks pretty good. It's great. Okay. It, and for a Disney movie, no politics. Really? None. Zero zilch. And you know, I zone in on that stuff like a, a laser. Yeah, I yeah. focus on it. Nothing. Even So even there was this angle in the I mean, trailer. Got Obi-Wan in that. Yeah, it does have Obi-Wan in it. Yeah, and they have a – what's her name? Haley Atwell. She was uh-huh. Agent Carter. Yeah, she's – I like her a lot. She's great, yeah. But she's it's, kind of a wild little woman, though. In Ooh, real life? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care enough to look, Dave. Yeah. I don't know what you've been looking no, at. No, no, no. I'm not talking pictures. I'm just saying oh. I, I kind of – fell across some of the articles about her and it's oh, okay. like okay well so we were talking to a lot of our friends and family and we couldn't find a single person who went to see that movie and so we didn't see the movie either because we thought the reviews are all like c c plus they yeah. kind of hover around mediocre so my wife and i it was a tuesday we said let's just go because there's no one into movies and it's five dollars to go see a movie mm-hmm. so we went and saw it and it was probably the best movie that we've seen um if not this year then at least in 12 months wow for sure it's simple it's it's winnie the pooh so it's simple they don't overcomplicate anything there was one angle i was so i was really scared about because i thought it was gonna be like this anti-capitalist message yeah and it's where christopher robin works for this um kind of luggage company and there's a, a fat cat a corporate fat cat but no they don't they don't go into any of it at all like they play that character as the only one who's a jerk they show that in the company there's other people who are higher up who are very sympathetic right and, it's great. I mean, that's the type of movie where I enthusiastically recommend it to anyone who's on the fence about it. There's no politics. It's it's odd seeing a Disney movie with no ham fisting in it. Well, it's pretty I guess great. you know that there's all kinds of fighting going on uh, about Disney TV uh, about Blackish. No, I didn't. Have you hear read it. about that? Yeah, uh-huh. the, the guy that is the creator of Blackish is done with. It. He's washed his hands of because he did some kind of anti-Trump episode mm-hmm. and uh disney said you gotta change this oh wow you gotta change this when this this can't stand the way it is and uh he, i mean he doesn't speak bad about disney because he says he's had a great working relationship with him but uh you know he's not in it for not being able to say what he wants to say in his show so he's done well, kudos to Disney, I guess. Uh, most people, so obviously in comics, there's a lot of people who don't like the mouse because they see it as this evil entity, and that, and with good reason. Homogenizing everything. Correct. But what is the bigger picture, though, is that the Disney company is so huge. There's multiple facets of sure. it. Sure. For example, uh, my wife and I, we like the theme parks, and the theme parks are fairly apolitical. I mean, heck, they have the, the Trump robot right now in the Hall of Presidents. Well, yeah. And they could have just as easily said, we don't want, even though it's a long-running tradition that the new president has. Yeah, we don't want him here. They could have easily done that. Yeah. And they said, no, we got to stick to tradition. We always have a new president. We remember they thought that that was going to happen with Bush. Yeah, they did. And that was a controversy then, and they didn't. 
have a fit when well no no Republican I know of had a fit when Obama was in there, but no. that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but so you have like the Marvel wing, which is actually fairly political in the comics at least right but then you have the movies which are fairly apolitical because they're trying to reach as broad an audience as possible exactly right and with this whole thing with abc and what you're telling me with blackish this is the same group that also uh not only did they fire roseanne which obviously i think we a lot of people were upset about Mm -hmm. but on the other hand they did fire james gunn yeah so you're you are looking at this kind of kind of middle of the road point of view where it's like hey we're going to do what's best for the bottom dollar we're going to do what's best for the image so it's complicated the disney company is kind of it has all these working parts to it and you have to kind of look at each one individually and see where the bad actors are now there there some of the people who are on blackish are are irritated they wouldn't let them show they i mean they filmed the episode and they just won't let them show it wow it ain't, ain't gonna, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but speaking of the predator, going back to that, and then I got to get a break in here real quickly, uh, Tim. Thomas Jane is in it. Now, he is. He is one of my favorite actors. I've liked him in everything I've seen. Him All in. right, and I think he's the best Punisher that's ever. And 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 Chuck Dixon. Chuck Dixon even said that he's the best uh, Punisher. He is fantastic in this movie. Okay. He's like he's got Tourette syndrome. In the in the movie, or well, I won't let. Yeah, yeah. You, you're going. You get. You. This is a. It's a great movie. We'll watch it tomorrow. It's fun. Yeah, it's just a fun movie. It, it's nothing more than the monsters on the loose, and these predators are kick-ass predators. Cool. Yeah, which I like a lot about it. How many of them are there? Two. Really? Mm-hmm. The trailer makes it look like there's three or four no, or there's, five. There's two of them, and there's. You like this? You the ready big for this? baddie. There's there. Uh, yeah, he's the big baddie. Yeah, he's he's got predator dogs. Wow. <laughs> and the predator dogs are pretty wild. Cool. They're pretty cool. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, let's see what time we got here. We got about uh, twelve minutes till four. Let's get a quick break in. Tim Lim and I will be back. Josh is supposed to get here as well. He'll probably be here around four o'clock. It's the Dave Ellswick Show Friday edition. I'm trying to hustle this along, but it's not moving any faster because I got to do two more hours. And I love being here with you. You know that, but I am living for Florida at 6.01. The Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back. We've been talking with Tim Lim about uh, the new Predator movie, which I give a B to. It's above average, it's a good movie. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted to see, to be honest. Uh, does it all make sense? No. But what monster movie does? I'm just saying, what monster movie really, I mean, The Blob didn't make all that much sense. I'm trying to think of this. What monster movie did make sense? A hmm. lot of sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't make sense, but that doesn't mean it's not entertaining. I was reading this article. Uh, do you like the the recent Godzilla movie, the one that came out about two or three years ago? Yeah, I thought it was great. So you know they're making a Godzilla versus King Kong. That's oh, going to be the third movie. Yeah, and that's the second time they'll fight. They made one back in the sixties, right? I saw that. Well, the question I had was in the recent Godzilla, it's the tallest he's ever been, aside from the Japanese yeah. version um, that came out, I think, last year or two years ago. So King Kong, however, from Skull Island, he's about. 
one sixth the size. So you see a lot of these pictures online where it's like the Hangover, where King, where uh, Godzilla has King Kong in a little like baby carrier attached to his chest. <laughs> so I was reading about how they were going to do that, like how they were going to have them fight when King Kong is literally like a sixth of his size. And they right. said that apparently they're going to find a way between now and the time the movie comes out to explain how they accelerate his growth to make him closer in size to Godzilla. So it's movies. Who cares? Godzilla yeah. and King Kong are going to fight. Yeah, exactly. That's the cool thing about it. Right. I don't care if it makes sense. <laughs> I don't. Look, they don't exist. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's it's a movie. So go ahead and bend physics. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Watch Star Wars. Watch Star Trek. They bend physics all the time. Yeah, just the fact that the lasers make pew-pew sounds in space. <laughs> Shouldn't be able to do that. Or the you can hear the engine thrust. Yeah. Just don't hear any. There's no sound in space. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> That's what I was. I wanted to mention this to you, and I thought you'd get a big kick out. It's of it. a sound thing, isn't it? When, when you no, when you lit, when you watch the movie. Now this may spoil it for you because you're going to be paying attention to it. Tell me if you don't think that the the uh, the uh, music that the guy did for the movie doesn't have a a Star Warish kind of tinge to it. Okay. Yeah, I mean when when the when the uh, the predators are running around and stuff, they got kind of a Darth Vader theme thing for them. Oh, so they have like their own theme song. Yeah, kind of thing, stuff like it. that. Yeah, it's kind of pretty cool. I I really like the movie. Do you want the synopsis? I don't have to to get get into it all you know deeply to ruin anything for you. Oh, go ahead. But what you have is you have. Uh, at the very beginning, you got a couple of uh, spaceships traveling through space. One makes a space jump, and there's a riff, and you gets through, and this other spaceship that's chasing it can't get through. Well, it, it got shot by the other one, and it's coming into Earth. You see Earth, and it crashes. And uh, there's a, a, a GI that is on a mission, and uh, they're trying to rescue a couple of hostages, and and he's the sniper. And uh, all of a sudden, weird, he sees the spaceship come down and crash. He takes out the bad guy first, and then uh, uh, the spaceship almost hits him. He rolls down the hill. Blah 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 blah. Well, this first alien has come to bring something to Earth to save us from, as you'll find out as the show goes on, from. The, the aliens who have decided they're going to take over Earth. Mm-hmm. All right? So he's he's brought back something so we can defeat the predators. Okay. All right? And uh, that's what it's about. And he ho- this guy hooks up. The, the, the government doesn't want him going out and blow, blabbing his mouth out. I saw aliens and all of that. So they put him on the crazy bus with all the other five crazies, one of whom is Thomas Jane, and... Uh, he, along with the five, take on the aliens, basically. Oh, cool. And it's good. It's for you. Buy a big thing of popcorn. <laughs> buy, buy whatever drink you want with it. Sit back and just let a couple hours blow by you, man, and enjoy the movie. I have a question. So in the trailer, yeah. in the very first one they show, they show a little kid with a cardboard box. Oh, yeah. And when he opens it, there's like a Predator helmet or yes. something inside. What What was that about? Well, this guy takes on this Predator yeah. at the beginning, right? 
and uh, the predator crash landed and when he did he lost one of the amulets that goes mm-hmm. on his arm and his helmet came off and he knew this this uh, soldier knew that they'd say he's nuts mm-hmm. and they try to lock him up in the loony bin and he'd never be heard from so he took the helmet and he took the amulet and he he shipped it home oh okay all right and that's his kid opening the box okay it's cool. pretty that's it it the, the story's pretty cool now i'm gonna for all of you that are like me we're almost out of time that like uh mun all right because she's like a real looker she's a very very beautiful woman there's a thing about her doing a nude scene in this movie she is in a shower bent over all you see is her shoulders i don't understand what the big deal was about it in the first place we'll talk about it when we come back it's another hashtag me too i guess back with more more about the predator when we come back more about geek stuff when we come back with tim Lim and josh heffington's on his way all right into the uh, four o'clock hour we go t minus two hours and counting i'll start my way <laughs> to florida quit bragging i know that's not, not bragging i'm 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 excited about this you know this is the first time in over a decade that linda and i have ever have gone on just a uh, a vacation that doesn't center around taking listeners somewhere or, or whatever i mean seriously or just politics you know or politics just getting out and, and getting to go out and enjoy ourselves and i've never been to the redneck riviera yeah I'm looking. so you finally gotten enough money to go out by yourself yeah. instead of having somebody else that's pay about for the truth that's almost the truth to be honest with you yeah i i actually uh saved up enough took me a year but i got the money i'm going so you're gonna have fun we we were talking off the air about like uh, my family. We have a condo that's about two miles down the road, but it's on Front Beach Drive where um, you're going to be at. Mm-hmm. But we've been to a lot of beaches in the world, but the beaches at Panama City Beach. I've heard are really nice. They're really nice. They actually, they call it the Emerald Coast because uh-huh. the sand is like sugar. It's, it's white and the water is like a, a very luminescent, almost emerald color. Oh, cool. And I'll tell you something. You can that, see the sharks then. You could. We actually did see one when we were there because you'll have these uh, tiny nurse sharks that will actually come pretty close to the shoreline. But um, we've been to Hawaii because my cousins live there. And so we've been to Waikiki Beach. Mm -hmm. Hands down, Panama City Beach is better than Waikiki. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from the south, but objectively looking at that, I think the only beaches in the world that can compare to like the beaches near Panama City Beach and the Emerald Coast are beaches in the Caribbean and the Bahamas, obviously, because you're looking mm-hmm. at islands, right. and probably a few islands in the Mediterranean. But there's I'll a nice patch of land right there. Go to Thailand. Oh, yeah? Oh, dude. Like crystal clear? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, crystal clear, and the and the sand is that white powdery stuff. Uh-huh. That's very cool. The There's one that's we, – my wife and I just found out about it last week, and we're sad because we're going to be joining you, Dave, in about – Two months we're going down to orlando oh okay uh, we have an annual vacation that we take down there and we found out that there's a place in in florida less than an hour and a half drive from orlando and it's the only place where you can go swimming with manatees oh really and it's crystal clear water but it's a little oh, refuge cool. a habitat for manatees but apparently uh, it's a it's like one of those best kept secrets that not many people know about but we've been wanting to do that for some we're time. thinking orlando next year because um and I'm a, I'm a big uh, 
not so much uh, Disney World guy. I'm I'm much more of the universal. Yeah, universal. Although I want to go to Disney because the new Star Wars thing yeah. is opening up. I want to go see that. Yeah, absolutely. It looks very cool. We just got our so we go every year and we just got our tickets. Actually, I bought them on Wednesday. And I don't know how long it's been since you've last been to around that area. No, it's been a while. It's cha- Things have changed. Two months in advance, you have to program your rides because that's how the only way you get um, the good stuff is if you go ahead of time and basically program your weight so that by the time you arrive, uh-huh. you just have to walk in. You don't have to wait in the line or anything oh, like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because they I just opened. That, they just opened at Toy Story Land, and so we I had to program some of our rides then. But we're definitely going to go next year. Um, I, I'm hoping, I think Star Wars Land is opening in the spring, so yeah, I think it should be ready by the fall and late summer. I will be going towards the later part of fall after, you know, mm-hmm. that the hurricane season, like right now, is going to be done and, and going because there won't be as, it won't be, at, and it won't be on the weekend. That way it will not be as crazy. Well, you might want to go when we're going, so uh, we go right before what's called peak season. And if all the travel agencies, they have it listed. This is peak season. This is before peak season. So Mm -hmm. peak season starts the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So we always travel first of November. and That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. There's no one there. It's right after Halloween. So the Halloween crowd is gone. But it's still that middle part that's before Thanksgiving. So... It's it's practically abandoned. We went there last year. It was great. You just walk onto rides without really having to I'm, do anything. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm looking this year. I'm thinking I'm going to go down to Six Flags uh, over Texas for Halloween. Cool. I think I'm going to check that out. I'm I'm a big horror buff. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of figure that out. I'm talking about the Predator the way I am, and and here in a moment I'm going to talk about the movie that I've been waiting for as far as horror goes and, and for a while. It's uh, 12 after 4. Tim Lim is here. Uh, how, how, how did everything turn out on your, uh, you know, uh, Indiegogo? Great. It was fantastic. So it takes a while for the payments to actually get transferred. And I actually checked my bank statement before heading over here, and they are cleared, which is good. But we, uh, we cleared $72,000 altogether. Wow. Yeah. But um, the, the problem is your fulfillment and your shipping, that takes a huge chunk out of out of that. So it's actually not the fees that Indiegogo takes. It's actually having to fulfill everything, yeah. printing and shipping and stuff like that. But at the end, the three of us, Chuck Dixon, myself, and Brett Smith, were very happy with what we ended up with. Ah, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I wish Chuck would do an Indiegogo thing to make movies. He might. I mean, either that, that or he just probably makes doesn't. Sense. He, he might not need to if he has any deals in the work. Yeah, he's kind of said that Levon looked like some uh, people were very interested. Yeah, interested Stallone. In yes. Yeah, for one. Stallone. Stallone playing Levon. That might work. <laughs> yeah, but. Just to be honest, that might work. Stallone just announced that he is definitely working on Rambo 5. Yep, he is going to do Rambo 5. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a pretty non like unapologetic no he's going down and going to take on the cartels oh cool yeah, yeah. he's gonna take it on and it's all about human trafficking yeah so one reason why i'm interested in seeing the predator is one thing i'm missing is so people wondered why john wick was such a, a sensation and it was the idea that hey all we have to do is go back to formula there's people who just want kind of this 
hypermasculine, yeah. guns blazing, Plenty take out that. the bad guys. Even Olivia Munn, you know, becomes a commando in this movie. Oh yeah, she's just she's just a bi- uh, a biologist, and all of a sudden she's wielding uh, automatic weapons with no problem, <laughs> jumping on the top of moving buses. Yeah, great stuff, you know. Yeah, it's that typical. It's a popcorn movie. Check your brain at the door. I'm just being honest about it. Mm-hmm. It's the way it is. Well, hopefully, not only um, I, I really hope that when Stallone pulls the trigger on Rambo Five, that is like more like John Wick, where it's just don't apologize, no politics, no PG thirteen, no PG thirteen. We we know what happens south of the border. <laughs> yeah. It's not a political statement. This is just a reality. You have MS thirteen. You have the Zetas who are down there. Take them out, and yeah. we'll, we'll root you on, Rambo. Evidently, that's kind of what this is going to be like. Although, I thought 4 was pretty brutal when he got that fifty cal. Yeah. Holy cow. I only had one problem with Rambo 4. They saved all the action for the end. Yeah, at the very yeah, it yeah. was the last 30 minutes of the movie. Right. And I want I wanted something more like John Wick, where 15 minutes in, we're, we're talking business already. Yeah, no, let, let, understand, when I say check your mind at the door, you go see John Wick, look. That kind of movie could never happen. <laughs> that many headshots is never going to happen. No. I'm just saying, using a pencil like that, never going to happen. I'm just, I'm just saying, okay. You just check your, you just check your brain and enjoy the action. A friend of mine, because I was trying to sell him on John Wick, and uh, he's like me. We don't watch many movies now. We wait until Redbox, and he said, "Well, sell me on it. What's the movie about?" And I said, um, "And this." Mayhem. An assassin's dog gets killed, and he gets revenge for his dog. Yeah. And he said, I'm sold. I'm, like, I'm, oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, by the way, you were wondering, Peppermint. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Tell us more about it. It is. It's John Wick with a female lead. Did they kill her dog? Uh, no. They killed her cat? They killed her daughter. Ooh. And her husband. worse. So her it's, more like, her it's more like the Punisher. Yeah. yeah very much so. Okay. That, that type of revenge flick, uh, you know, almost like, except that she's not the person who is uh, aggrieved. Uh, you could say, I spit on your grave, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's really a good flick. So it, what's her training? Did, does she have to train to be kind of this? Yeah, well, the key is this happens to her where this this gang, MS-13, it is. I mean, it's really? very obvious it's okay. MS-13 because the tats they got on and uh, uh, the the guy that, that that is the MS-13 leader has bought off the cops. He's bought, he's got a judge and all kinds of stuff. So the guys who did the killing get off scot free, and and she just flips out. And they're going to take her down to you know lock her up basically and for therapy and a lobotomy or something, and she escapes. Uh, from from it, and she disappears for five years. Well, guess what she's been doing that whole five years? Training. With who? Getting ready. She's got different people that okay. do her training for her. And so she learns how to use explosives. She learns how to use military uh, automatic weapons. She learns how to... Uh, she, she gets into cage matches in San Francisco gets the living stuffing kicked out of her until she figures out how to fight and stuff. She comes back after on the fifth anniversary of the murder of her husband and her daughter, and 
Everybody knows she's back in town. Nice. That's good. Why is it called peppermint? You know, that part I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why they picked that. Okay. I don't know why they picked it. It's not a nickname or? No. And, you know, I maybe I missed it because of all the action. I don't know. I might have missed all the the reasoning for the name uh, in it. But, uh, I mean, it's not like she puts a peppermint in her mouth or something before she kills somebody or anything. Nothing like that. But Jennifer Garner, pretty doggone good in the movie. Well, what about, um, this is the kicker, and it, it's a pseudo-spoiler. Please tell me she does not die at the end. <laughs> There's a silence there. You don't there. know. Okay. The reason why I say that is because I'm comparing in my mind. So it, we started with John Wick, and we were talking about how it's like the Punisher, but now it sounds to me more like Death Wish. And comparing, it's got that to it. Too. Yeah. That feel to it, too. By the way, have you seen that one called um, Death Killer or something, the guy that looks like Bronson that's doing it? No. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. The dude is a dead ringer for Char- for Charles Bronson. Scary and ugly. And it, Yeah. And it's a, it, it is a death wish movie. Okay. You know, it's got different, a different uh, title to it. But holy cow. The last guy's last name is Kovac. Hmm. K-O-V-A-C. I'll look it up during the break and show it to you. I'll show you the, I'll show you the trailer for this movie and you will swear it, it is, it's uh, Bronson. The okay. guy even sounds like him. <laughs> they even got his voice sounding like it. It's, it's really wild. It looks pretty looks pretty good. Well, when we come back, because we've got to get a break in, uh, I'll tell you about the movie I'm really waiting for. It comes out next month. Uh, don't forget, if you're looking to up your career, uh, you like to work with your hands, you like to work outside, then look at PI Roofing. PI Roofing is hiring right now, and they're hiring people that they can depend on People who are good with their hands, that like to be in the outdoors. Uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. Build your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. So make a difference. Join up with PI Roofing. Just Apply at piroofing.com or call them, 501-707-3551. All right, back with you. Tim Lim is here, kind of geeking today. We're talking about, first of all, we've told you now, or I've told you because I I went and saw it last night, The Predator, if you like the Predator movies, you'll enjoy this. Again, it's a Predator movie, okay? But it's, it's a lot better than... You know, the Predator movies versus the alien creature and all that kind of crap that, that's gone on. It, I think it's better than two. So I would put this movie right after one. That's not pretty that, high praise. Yeah, not that far off of it. I mean, it's got plot holes in it and all that, but that's all right. These Predators do what Predators are supposed to do. That's what I like about Be it. Be awesome? Yes, they are awesome. <laughs> and uh, they got a, a few new tricks up their sleeve. And the Predators have been up to some stuff. Well, so because I don't know anything about the plot other than what you've told me. So um, in the comics, at least, there's this trope. Well, it, I don't want to say it's a trope, but it's been done enough times in comics and movies that I love it. I like it when you have this anti-hero or a villain and something happens where he kind of sides with the good guys. And you have that in, like, the Godzilla movie. 
that came out a few years ago where you have these you have Godzilla and he's like a force on his own but then yeah. you have these other um kind of giant monsters that show UFOs. up yeah the yeah essentially and so he has to be like the king of monsters and beat them and after he's done mm-hmm. he goes back into the ocean so it gives you a reason to kind of root for him and in the comics for uh predator uh when they fight the aliens the predators one of the predators actually teams up with like the good guys to fight the aliens so well, i'm see that's the key in this of this movie oh okay. you have you have a an al this predator that the, the other predator that's after him calls him a traitor oh because he went rogue yes ah. and he's trying to help the humans oh all right so i like this that's, that's what's what's going down and uh uh, they're, it's it's really good. Basically, what what the predators are doing on their home planet is they go to all of they're going to all these different planets and they hunt. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they really like hunting humans because they're tough prey. Mm-hmm. So they take the best of the hunters that they kill and the best of the other uh, animals that they kill. And they're crossing some of their DNA with the predator DNA to make the ultimate predators. Oh, okay. All right. So they got the best of of all these different uh, prey that they've vanquished now in in this one predator's bloodstream. He's he's uh, you know he's he's the dog. All right. Mm-hmm. That's after after the the sky, and he's about eleven foot tall. Wow. It's pretty cool. Did they it's make? Fun. Did they make a reference to the Adrian Brody Predators movie? I don't re- remember that. Okay, I, they they did make mention in the from the original. Like I said, you're one beautiful blah blah blah, blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, you know type of thing. But uh, and it made me laugh on that. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, I I liked it. I can't think of the guy's name that leads the movie. I think Thomas Jane steals his scenes in the movie. He, uh, uh, of course, all the the crazy guys that help him fight, uh, they they meet their their end, and, <laughs> and, and and well, they, but they're heroic ends, yeah, of course, because right? they're standing for good now, yeah. And so it's uh, it's just good. You like the movie? I'm just saying, buy yourself a big old bucket of popcorn for this. It's fun. Okay, it's a fun movie. So, I really enjoy. It. Does your wife like this kind of movie? No. Okay. <laughs> so it's funny. My wife is a surgeon, but she does not like uh, blood blood uh, and, don't take her to see this there's no. plenty of blood it's and so i asked her i said you work in a lot of trauma how in the world that do you not like or can't tolerate it and she's like it's the weirdest thing but as a surgeon i like putting stuff together i just don't like seeing it done and i thought okay i can kind of see that well yeah you see this movie isn't that about all right back with you dave ellswick show look what the cat drill again josh is here you ran a little late. What, you ran into some traffic? Traffic, day job, stuff like no, that. No, you got that day job thing. They yeah. pay you more than Woke I do. Woke up a little bit late. Yeah, just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Lemons here as well. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. I've been, we've been talking about The Predator, and uh, Tim's asked a lot of great questions about it, and so he's pretty much, I think, pulled everything out of me that we need to pull out of the movie. I gave it a B. No, you, you gave know? it a C+. Plus. <laughs> no, C+, plus, B+. <laughs> I'd give it a B, you know, B minus, right in that area. But And the reason I was reading on Flickster, you know, I went to my Flickster and I was looking at it. So I'm reading uh, what 
what some of the people who have seen the movie are saying, and and uh, of course the critics are panning it like they always do. And I'm I'm checking it out, and I think that the 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 people who saw it, the problem people have is they have this really high love of the original, and it's it's beyond what the original really was. You know, it's a it's a misplaced. You know how you you have. It's like when you look at the girl that you kissed the first time when you were in school. You look, <laughs> you think back on that time, and you go, "Man, that was awesome. She was just gorgeous." And then you look back and you see her picture again, <laughs> and you go, "What?" <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. And that's kind. Of, and, and, I mean, when you sit down and you watch the movie Predator, now you can see all the plot holes in it. And stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's just some really great performances by, you know, the body and all the rest of them. And he had that great line, you know, I ain't got time to bleed. Other than that, he didn't have that great of a role, to be honest with you. I think I can I can sum up the problem uh, in two words. The problem is Arnold Schwarzenegger because this is something He's a that big star at that time, and you can see it in Terminator also. Because mm-hmm. the problem is that as a public uh, in our consciousness, we associate Predator and Terminator with yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, we do, and it's it's quintessentially missing. So one thing you can't do is you can't just replicate Predator or Terminator um, exactly the same because it's never going to be exactly the no. same. It's not like other movies not where possible the, correct. It's like other movies where. The movie is good, but you can actually kind of conceive a remake with different actors and still having it be as good. But there's some act, there's just some movies that are just so classic because of the actors that are in it. Arnold Schwarzenegger being one, another one, and I hope this never happens in my lifetime, and I'm pretty sure it won't. But uh, they've been talking for a long time of remaking Back to the Future. But Robert mm-hmm. Zemeckis has said, as long as I'm alive, that's never going to happen. But I can't. Okay, I can maybe imagine Back to the Future without. Uh, Michael J. Fox because he plays kind of this you know rambunctious little kid you can't imagine Back to the Future without Christopher Lloyd that's right because his role as Doc Brown is mm-hmm. it's so iconic that you either have to find someone who can ape that style see you used a special word there iconic, iconic right alright Schwarzenegger as and I'm gonna as Schwarzenegger throw, <laughs> yeah I'm going to throw a third a third a third iconic role in you've got Terminator you've got Predator you got Conan. Right. When you say those three movies, you automatically see mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger. There's no doubt about that. And Schwarzenegger was the Terminator. Right. And I don't think people realize how little money that made that movie. I mean, Cameron had made Piranha, basically, when he made Terminator. Mm-hmm. Another movie that I was thinking about, like, and this is like almost like movie blasphemy, but it is one of my top five favorite movies. But I could conceivably see them remaking it with practical effects, no computer-generated effects, and I believe that you could replace the three principal actors. Probably not as good, but you get pretty darn close if you get the right people. But Jaws, mm-hmm. you'd have this movie, Jaws. It's iconic, but you have Roy Scheider, you have um, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, and you have Robert Shaw, and they're three really good actors. And but the shark. I, and the shark. But I can imagine them Bruce. replacing the th- <laughs> I can imagine them replacing the three actors with three A list Hollywood actors, and I feel like you would get pretty darn close in terms of 
of uh, of a remake. They've years done, down the They've kind of done a, a remake. Have you heard? It's I think it's a German made film. It's called Lux. No, uh, uh-uh. nope. I take it back. Not Lux. It's Prey. Okay, Prey, and it's uh, it's about a killer lion. <laughs> not and a shark. Not a shark. Okay. It's a lion. Okay, but it's got all of the the same feel that Jaws does. Uh-huh. Before you said Jaws, I thought you were going to say Legend. Oh, the Devil movie, the Ridley Scott movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that can be remade. Yeah, that can be remade. Uh, you know, I, I there's. What's another Schwarzenegger? I'm, they tried, Jingle all the way. Uh, yeah. The last action now, hero. They, they tried. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and see, Shane Black, those are, of course, did let, that movie, are, and he's doing this Jingle movie. all the way toys are valuable. Those oh, action yeah. man or whatever it's, called, whatever it's called that came from the movie. Yeah. They were They made them in real life, at, and then they got yeah. valuable years later. So I'm trying to think, what was the other one that he did, the one that he went to Mars? Um, Total Recall. Total Recall. That's another one that... Schwarzenegger is identified with, and they tried to remake it with Colin Farrell, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. And sometimes being iconic in a role does not; it works two ways. For example, you had you had Sylvester Stallone in Judge Dredd, which is nowhere near as good as Carl Urban. I love in Judge Dredd. I so really liked it. Sometimes your A list status doesn't guarantee success, but if you have a successful movie and you're an A list person, my gun. <laughs> <laughs> but we all can we all know that judge red was only successful due to rob that schneider shane. that was for shane oh, okay just he's got a guy coming up on shane plays radio on saturday uh that's uh doing a uh, judge dread game cool so yeah i heard him talking to him i've today. been playing the spider-man game oh the new one yes shut up is it good? <laughs> yes it's good huh? i don't have a ps4 oh, so i can't okay. play it they, had, they came out with a Spider-Man edition PS4 that is pretty. Nice. It's all red, and it's got the big white spider on it. It's and the pretty. controller is all red, and it got the white buttons. Dang it. It comes with the I game. I have to get one of these. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> so worth it. It's so fun. I and, haven't I haven't had a console in eight years. Who's, who are the villains in it? Uh, so far. Dr. Uh, Octopus. Doc which is a which is going to cool. be a surprise because so far, I mean, spoiler alert, he's still Otto Octavius. He hasn't had the Doctor Octopus oh, happen yet. I just guess like a, it's like its own universe. Okay, he is in it, and Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn's the mayor, and uh, Mister Negative is in it, but he hasn't really met Mister Negative yet. But I mean, it's on the. So box you've been art. fighting? Yeah. No, who have you been fighting? Oh, Shocker. Okay. Yeah. Shocker Good. a few times. And, Rhino and thugs. Uh, Kingpin. Okay. Kingpin, Kingpin is one of the, the first Sandman? main person you fight. Not yet, but he's I found one of my Sandman favorite. Artifacts. He's one of my favorite villains. In like that Spider-Man. trailer, it yeah. shows him on the raft, and like the Sinister Six is all fighting him. Green, you know, the Rhino and uh, all them. Scorpion, Scorpion's in it. Oh, so you like cool. it so far? That's yeah, good. And even uh, J. Jonah Jameson is the Dave Ellswick of the game. He's he's like Alex <laughs> Jones. Yeah, yeah. Because you get these you get these J. Jonah Jameson updates. You tap into his radio show. And he's talking about stuff, and then there's one point where he's like, you know what, I admit I did fund Matt Garman, I, I did fund the Scorpion, but I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> so you had to, now you got the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. and uh, what's the other one that he's he's a lot like the Green Goblin? The Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Yeah. I don't think he's in it. Now, Hobgoblin, is he the one that throws the pumpkins? They yeah, all throw they pumpkins. pumpkins. Oh, they, <laughs> okay. they both, they all throw pumpkins, they ride on a glider, yeah. and they have some kind of cackle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Scarecrow <laughs> is good too. 
Yeah. We, do you know, it's funny, do you know who voiced the Hobgoblin on the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s? Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Mark Hamill, of course, just And he voiced Joker. the Joker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does Joker. He makes, that's how he survived for so many years, doing voices for mm-hmm. cartoons and stuff. He's a real, I would love to be a voice actor like that. Just get a shot. But you got to be, kind of be somebody to get that shot. Uh, kind of, sort of. Not not so much nowadays because there's so many cartoons out there right now. But see, I would like to do video games. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I like to do, the video game. That'd be fun. Well, Dave, you have a voice for radio. It's an easy translation yeah, for you. Yeah, I got a <laughs> There's for people radio that do too. it. They're like, they'll get in one company and they'll do lots of them like a – uh, like Funimation, that's anime, but a lot of the people that work for Funimation, I mean, it's just in Dallas. Yeah. And I've tried to get on a few times, but like, do you live in Dallas now? No. But. Why do you have to live? I, I mean, guess because. Five cause hours can, away, is that that I know, I even said, I was like, I'm just up the interstate in Little Rock, I can yeah. come anytime, but I guess they, in case they need like some kind of re-record, some audio, they need you right there. But, uh, and even uh, like at Arkansas Comic Con over the weekend, our booth was right next to the guy that voices Super Mario. That's something I wanted to ask. Who was that gentleman that's right from Central Arkansas does all the voices? Roger Bumpus. Yeah, he Roger did. Roger um, Bumpus. He did Squidward. Mm-hmm. And okay. He, and he did voice Lewis on the real Ghostbusters. We have to get him here on the show. And mm-hmm. he, he worked in, before he got into that, he worked in Jonesboro and Little Rock broadcasting for years. And I got to get, I got to get him on because... I want to go from come into every break and go mm-hmm. out to every break with a different voice. <laughs> you I might just have to pay him be, for that. Yeah, but, yeah no, <laughs> I think it'd be pretty cool. Just getting to do maybe you do one. I have him use Squidward, and he can say, you know, an Arkansas legend, and have him do the Dave Ellsberg intro. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. That'd be fun. See mm-hmm. if we do it. But I like to just get him on to talk about doing this and yeah i I got a million questions yeah he's done so many different characters over the years it's some, like i forgot about like i was going through he's that, like uh, the mill blank isn't he of, yeah of cartoons there's, there's that mm-hmm. there's that voice there was at a one booth that had all the animation cells and sketches and they had he-man she-ra mainly and real ghostbusters and i was trying to find if they had a lewis one because uh they had cause that's rare because like, that was the last season where he appeared yeah he was on the last last three Really? Mm-hmm. I thought. Oh, okay. I'll have to ask Mark. Well, about season that. six was only like four episodes. Like four episodes. And Mark then five was about twelve, and then three was like directly after Ghostbusters two. Mark showed you the animation cell he bought, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what did he buy? I, I, was go, I was scrolling through wa- watching that. I'm going to go through and watch. He found that episode. it. Oh, he did. Yeah, it's there. The, the boogeyman's back. Yeah, Is that uh-huh. it? Yeah. He. So uh, the, these people Ooh, were. You got something from Halloween. No. <laughs> oh, I hear the boogeyman's back. I'm thinking Halloween. It's an episode of the real Ghostbusters oh, from okay. season two. All right. He got an animation mm-hmm. cell, and in the animation cell, one of the uh, monsters is not clothed. We'll he, put it that way. He has an extra appendage. And uh, what happened was, uh, it was he thought to himself, like, oh my gosh, like I think I just scored gold here. Did anyone notice this? And he said, and the guy selling it said, yeah, we had a good laugh about it, but we're just trying to liquidate all this stuff. So it's yours. So, you know, he got it. And he went through the old. He went through the Ghostbusters cartoon, yeah. and he found it. Uh, he he found it's a real cell, and he found the monster in it in the background, covered in like haze and stuff. But if you pause it and you zoom in, you can see it. So wow, yeah. I think I told Mark. I said I think you actually have something of value. Value, yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Either that or what was that movie they made with the big blue guy, Doctor Manhattan, Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen. <laughs> Yeah, aren't they doing that on HBO? Or it, it looks so, so terrible. Series, yeah, 
I have a funny story about Watchmen, though. Doesn't look as terrible as that uh, DC Universe Teen Titans series. I uh, I was watching Watchmen at the IMAX theater in 3D. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I feel like there's this big blue thing about to whack me in the face. <laughs> big blue whacker. I know. It was horrible, man. All right. So the other movie I wanted to mention, we've just got to uh, – do we, we still got to get a break in, don't we? We still got to get a break in? Okay, so let's do that. Let me get the break in, and when we come back, 40th anniversary next month, and I've been talking to to uh, to Tim, and I need to get I need to get Mark here about this because I'm understanding this is one of his all time favorite movies too, Halloween the remake, uh, and now I'm I'm actually saying this is the the one everybody I think has been waiting for because Carpenter is involved in it, he's done the soundtrack the whole nine yards. We're going to talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Get a little closer. <laughs> That's either the Predator or Jurassic Park. A raptor. It could be a raptor. Yeah. How do just, you do that? I practice. It just happened one day. I was just doing things with my <laughs> it throat. Just, and, it just happened. Is it, is it your tongue? That. or No, it's like my throat. It's like it vibrates. Like, <laughs> Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> Look here, Russ. I love... I love doing my show just so I can see Russ sometimes as he reacts to some of the things that happen on this show. Now, that last one, was that Russ or was that you, Heffy? It might have been. I don't know. I didn't hear it. Oh, here, yeah. here it, it, could, it could be Russ, multi-talented. not me. <laughs> not with that voice, man. That'd be tough. All right. That's very cool. I did. <laughs> you sound like... I can't even gargle right now. I'm going to just say... You, you sound I, like a predator that's been gargling grass, glass or something. I just know? got a text from Mark Pellegrini. Yes. He says he is up to being with you to discuss the movie you're looking forward to. Oh, yeah, Halloween. I mean, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is back for this movie. Uh, John Carpenter. Of course, all the dead characters can't come back. I would love if PJ Souls could be back in the movie. She was so good in that flick. Did I tell you guys about when I had her on mm-hmm. my show? Yeah. And we, I tried to reenact that scene where her boyfriend had gotten impaled. <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I said, let's, let's do a scene from Halloween. Okay, Dave. And I put the tablecloth over my head and put my glasses on over the tablecloth so I... I look like Michael Meyer standing at the bedroom door. <laughs> and uh, she says, are you just going to stand there? And then, <laughs> and, and then she says, uh, where is my beer? And I said, no, no, you forgot a part. Oh. <laughs> or, you, know, you forgot a part, PJ. And she goes, I'm not doing that, Dave. <laughs> I think it's so funny how she was- She exposed her chest and said, <laughs> see something you like? <laughs> <laughs> she All was that very came from funny. a Captain Kirk mask. Talk, did you? Did I show you the new? I yeah. showed you that. Yeah, that looks. They did a great job on the mask because mm-hmm. I that that's part of it. They've changed it over the years and kind of taken away the foreboding kind of feel to it. This time, the guys that there's this film crew that goes to the uh, asylum to talk to Michael and. He pulls out the mask from 40 years ago, and they've aged this thing, and it looks like it's been sitting around. You know how how uh, rubber cracks degrades, and stuff? Yeah. yeah, and degrades because of the oxygen, and uh, it looks awesome. I mean, he, really looks. It lo- He's going to look 
nasty in this movie. Well, apparently what they're doing with the movie is they're ignoring pretty much Everything every movie. after the first one. Right. So it's Which is kind of, you know, okay, but two was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Two was an excellent flick as well. And then they had that one called H2O. Oh. With Ice Cube. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Terrible movie. <laughs> is that your favorite, Terrible. Josh? No, I just, it just, it just. Isn't that one? Is that one not canon, or is that one actually in the whole canon? It's, not it's canon. a Mark Pellegrini yeah. question. Mark, if you're listening, Texas, it's the answer. not canon as far as I'm. Concerned. I mean, yes, Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that's the movie she died in. H two O. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's uh-huh. one where like he's like holding her or whatever, and she lets go or whatever. I I forget. I tried to forget that movie. It's funny that. You you have an affinity for the Halloween franchise. Yeah. That's the one of all the slashers. That's the one I don't really care about the most. I like um, I like Norman Bates. Uh, oh, the Psycho yeah, series. Well, sure, Psychos. All of those are pretty doggone good. Yeah, and I like um, Fred, I like Jason. That's, you like Jason? Mm-hmm. But I think that's the stereotype. Like I know Eddie? that sounds bad. Like, I don't like Freddy. You don't like Freddy? Uh-uh. I love Freddy versus Freddy. Jason. I did too. I love it. And you, and the the sequel continued as a comic book series, and it had a sequel too. Well, I'm going to tell you what I thought. Nightmare, me, Nightmare on Elm Street. The first one was awesome. Mm-hmm. The scene where the girl was on the ceiling, yeah, and then the Johnny Depp scene, which got me in trouble later on in my life. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, he was a guest. Yeah, yeah, when they yeah when they sucked him into that uh, you know mattress and then geysered him out. That was pretty. That was pretty cool at the time. And then what was it? Uh, pulled the guy through the door, the window in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. There was some good stuff in that one. There was some new stuff in that. But I like Freddy. Robert Eglin's pretty good. Yeah. He's done some decent horror. I still think it's... The Mangler was not one of his better movies. What they did with the new Nightmare when they did that, because that was just like, oh, wow. You know, what if it was real life like that? Something like that happened. They're going to remake Scream. Did you hear about that? I was about to say that. I I, I saw that earlier, but that's so weird because they did that... Seek that what is it that twenty years later sequel? Yeah, years I don't ago. know how. I mean, well, look, it, it's a movie, okay. I, I I always explain this to people. Some you can't. Do it. It's a movie. It's not real. You can do whatever you want to to a movie. It's a movie, but uh, yeah, like Final Destination. Yeah, Final. The first Final Destination, and for some, for most of it, the second Final Destination were good. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're good. That that scene in second one that. I didn't know how they were going to one-up that plane crash and did that that uh, big old pole coming off that truck. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, it scared me. Yeah, And that's made into a good. meme now. Have you seen that one where that where it's got the logging truck on the highway and everybody's <laughs> on the other side? It says, you know, all these people have seen Final exactly. Destination. <laughs> See, and there, there you got See that? That's when you know you've reached iconic status. When it seeps into the that's public. That's exactly right. When that, That's the kind of thing. I mean, you see – look, you see uh, – uh, Jason and all the rest of them, they they use him as a as a meme and stuff, you know. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about Jaws Michael. a while ago. That yeah. there, for a while there, people were afraid to go to beaches because they saw Jaws. And I, you know, just talking about Psycho, I remember that when I first saw Psycho as a kid, uh, I it's always dawned on me that I have a hard time taking baths and showers when I can't see what's beyond a curtain. Oh, there you, you go. Know? Yeah, well, that was that. That movie had a huge impact on people. Mm-hmm. The first time they ever showed somebody being stabbed to death on screen, the right. way they did this, and the first time they showed a toilet flushing. 
yeah is another one that they did too yeah it's just it's really kind of interesting when you get into horror horror opens up the door to a lot of things that uh kind of verboten right because it it the good good horror taps into something deep into this into just your like psyche science fiction right and so because it taps deep into the psyche, it's supposed to be something that resonates even after you leave, which is why sometimes you'll watch a horror movie in the theater and you'll be like, that wasn't scary. Then when you're alone at night, you think on that horror movie and then you realize. The Exorcist played with me that way. Right. When I went home. It really did. When you're laying in bed and it's absolutely quiet in the house mm-hmm. and you start hearing the creaks and the moans and the groans that are always there, but you've seen that movie and you go, what was that? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you see split piece soup flying across the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a bowl before I went to bed. All right, a break. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So anyway, we're talking about horror movies here because we're, hey, it's getting towards, we're getting towards uh, the wonderful world of Halloween uh, end of, of October. But one that I've been wanting to show, eh, where is it? I'm looking it up real is I Spit on Your Grave, which was a movie that really had a huge, huge impact uh, during its time. Oh, that's not the one I want. That's the 2010 version of it. 1970. Camille Keaton. I want to try. If, if, we can, if we get the digitalized version and can show that movie, which we're going to try to do, uh, I'm going to see. She's still alive. I'm going to try to get her to come uh, for the screening because she's from Pine Bluff. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So that'd be kind of, and, and to this day, I can kick myself in the butt. I tr- we tried to do, uh, and we just couldn't get the timing right. The lady from Creature from the Black Lagoon was from Hot Springs. Oh, wow. And so I was trying to get her to come up for the movie. So we could show the movie and she could talk about the making of the movie because, you know, if you look closely, you can see the zipper on the creature. I found out a while <laughs> back a friend's dad was the Legend of Boggy Creek monster. Really? Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Wait, you mean the movie one or the real one? The movie? <laughs> Could be both. <laughs> Are you guys kind of stoked for Swamp Thing? Nah. They're getting ready to bring Swamp Thing back. Like in a TV or a movie? Yeah, it's like gonna, DC Universe. Yeah, DC the, uh, Universe. The DC thing you got to pay for. I was never a big Swamp Thing fan. Because, I mean, I mean, Teen Titans is kind of, eh, I mean. But Swamp Thing, like Mark Pellegrini, that's his jam. He loves Swamp Thing. Yeah. So is is Carville in as Superman or is he out? He's out as of this morning, I'm pretty sure. He's out, yeah. huh? Is Ben in or is he I out? he's out, oh, too. he's out, out. Yeah. Why are they getting rid of th- these two? Because they think. Well, I know. Hi- I know him. Like newest, from what I've heard, like, faces. Well, because of him and his. He's his, an alcoholic. Number yeah, one, and they're, the insurance to keep him on set is well. That's very what I'm saying. Expensive. He's an alcoholic. alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know for Cavill, it's because he's doing The Witcher. So I think I, I don't know if it's but, a breach of contract or but what. He was but, having problems coming to to terms with Warner. Yeah. Okay. I I guess he wanted more money. And they they wanted to give up, and he he wasn't available for Shazam. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to make a, but he was doing something else. Yeah, scheduling uh, conflicts. Yeah, with that. and so well we we had to. So, I mean, look so at that who, mustache from Justice League. They could do, 
So who fix you, it their who way are you going to have? Who are you going to have play Superman now? I have no idea. I think that he did a good job. At looks wise, I think he did. Yeah. I, I I don't know much about his acting. I've seen him in a couple of things. Like I think he was in the Tudors, and he did okay. Oh, he was great in the Tudors, and yeah. he was really good. I thought Mission Impossible. I think that. Superman is it's such an iconic role because you you can't just look the part you have to you got to look part like too. Reeves Nicholas yeah. Cage. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just saying you can you you're not supposed to look like Superman in the comics. You're look supposed to look like Chris Reeves mm-hmm. when you do Superman. He's that's an iconic role again that we were just talking about. Yeah, the other th- the other one that we were thinking so had about to spit too was girl perfect with him. Um, so. I might actually get this guy on the show next week, have him call in, but I have a friend who teaches up in Virginia, and we call him Professor Geek because he he teaches uh, – my uh, kind of guy. You'll love him, man. He he teaches a course, and part of it is like the archetypes of superheroes, and he was telling an interesting story last night. Apparently, after Batmania in 1989 with the Keaton movie, uh-huh. at that time, Christopher Reeves was still alive. They even back then they were thinking about doing a Batman and Superman movie with Keaton and Christopher Reeve. Oh, that would have been awesome! It, it gets even better. Guess who else was alive at that time, uh, or still is alive? But uh, Linda Carter. Oh, have her as Wonder Woman. Why Wonder Woman? And it just fell through because back then superhero movies were still not as big as they are today. Now, so sure, we can we can dream, you know. <laughs> yeah, that might, that would have been kind of cool. It's crazy when that you read into that cast. Batman movie on how important it was to Warner Brothers and how much it was costing them at the time. Oh, Batman? Yeah. Oh, huge, but what it made for them. Was yeah, and how much Jack huge, Nicholson huge. got from the merchandise sales. It's like, yeah, wow. Still gets from the merchandise sales. Yeah. You know, he was that his part in that was excellent. I you know, I look Keith Ledger, I think we all agree he was the epitome of what the Joker really was, but I thought Jack did a great job. Oh, 89 is still my favorite Batman of all oh, time, it? hands down. I didn't down. like yeah. it more until I got older. I mean, I know it also came out at the same time as Ghostbusters 2, but... I kind of like the Val Kilmer nipple one. My favorite still is Batman Returns. <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. Val. I like Batman, Batman Returns, Returns also. Yeah. Uh-huh. I personally like Christian Bale. As Batman? Yeah. I just <laughs> thought that the, the whole dark part that uh, Nolan brought to that was really really good there's one thing that every actor who's played batman there's one thing that they haven't captured from the comics and because i always thought to myself like even though i really like keaton uh what is it that all these movies seem to be missing and what they're missing is that batman is considered the world's greatest detective he figures stuff out through his mental capability and i think that that's one thing that actually keaton got right that that Bale's performance did not manage to capture because at least in Keaton's performance in 89, he had to figure out kind of how the Joker's uh, toxin was working. And he found out that it was the mixture of all these chemical compounds. Right, right. Christian Bale's Batman, he's honestly kind of an idiot where he's always asking uh, Morgan Freeman, yeah. like, hey, how does this work? How does this work? Like, how is this going on? So um, I think if you were looking at quintessential Batman, the animated Batman is like the iconic Batman for that type of thing. But just from actors, I mean, I think it's a good toss-up between Keaton and Bale. See, I like the whole thing in in the, the Bale thing with Rajay Ghoul and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, that. I just like that whole mythology of that. And I thought it was really well done. That's why probably I'm such a big fan of Gotham on mm-hmm. TV. I just think that show is awesome. 
I really like that show. I mean, it 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 diverts from the original, you know, Batman. I mean, they've they've written their own mythology for that show, but still, it's pretty doggone good. I think mm-hmm. The Gifted comes back soon too. That's not bad either. That's no. a pretty doggone good show as well. Especially that those last two episodes when you get like the reveals and you find out your favorite char- some of your favorite characters are in the show. Yeah, and that could be in the show. And you're just like, oh boy, this could get interesting. Because yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, I mean, spoiler, I mean, when you find out, you know, the one girl, when you find, and then it has three, and then you find out, oh, they're the Stepford Cuckoos. But then in the the captions, it says uh, Frost Triplets. And then the next episode said the Frost Sisters, and they talk about, hey, they could have, you know, Emma Frost this season. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of messed it all up in the movies. But, but see, my, my whole problem with comic movies like that is I'm not into comics after the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm into the X-Men when they first started and stuff. And, and when uh, Wolverine just joined up and, and the Avengers and, see, we haven't even had Wolverine in the Avengers yet. No, and that's kind of a more modern concept, too, because that's what got me into the Avengers. That's That was like a 2005 kind of thing. Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was before that. Oh, no, that's when New Avengers happened. Okay, so I must have been drinking or something <laughs> no i i just i i've been a, a now he joined the x-men in like 75 but you know new avengers didn't happen until you know like 2003 4 and then i was a big uh, fantastic four fan which and, they just brought back and they've never been able to do a a movie worthy i mean the first one was the incredibles o- was okay yeah there you go <laughs> and do that I love The Incredibles and Incredibles 2. I haven't seen the second one. Oh, it's, it's not bad, man. It's pretty good. My nephew kept buying it digitally on my Voodoo account, so I had to email him twice. Please refund me. Yeah. <laughs> she was wanting to watch it, but it's not out yet. Yeah, I I had my uh, my grandson sitting next to me yesterday, and they were just showing s- scenes from that movie. And it was the... Uh, it was the uh, the little baby. What's his name? Jack 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 Jack. Yeah, taking on the raccoon. <laughs> God, that's a great scene in that movie. And I was playing it for him, and we were sitting there watching it on my phone. And he was just now he's a year and a half, and he was just cackling. He thought it was great. He'd laugh, and then he'd look up at me and smile, and he was just having a good time watching that. You know when when he when the when the raccoon got all he was being Jack Jack. Yeah. When he got all tied, when that raccoon got all tied up in the lawn chair, you know, you haven't seen it, so you don't no. know what I'm talking about. And uh, Jack-Jack bursts into flames, and he's walking towards him, and he's, and that, that raccoon's just fear in his face. <laughs> you know, it's great, really. And then he knocks over the uh, the grill and all the uh, charcoal stuff. Teffy, I don't know if you heard it when we we're uh, if you're driving over here. Have you seen Christopher Robin? No, yet, no. See, no one's seen that movie. Wanna, it's really I'm good. Gonna, now that you've told me, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. It's good. It's great. I mean, I I have to tell you, there's something about you know bears suddenly poking their head up behind <laughs> a bench and going poo. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what's crazy about that movie is. So I was thinking to myself that they were gonna frame it where it's yes, all in I his did. head. What? Yes, I did. I get it. I got you. So what they do in the movie, though, is they frame it where the 100-acre wood 
it's a real place. It's a real, it's a magical place. Okay. So it's not just in his head. Like if you happen to step in there, you're gonna see some weird stuff. No, okay. And I, I thought I thought that was really neat. They just went with it. They're like, okay, this is how it is. And so some of the humans actually meet the characters. And so basically, if you like Hook, you'll like this movie. It has like the exact same plot essentially. Okay, well, I'll, I'll check it out just because you liked it so much. Just like you're gonna go see Predator tomorrow. We'll see Predator. Yeah. It's Mark good. doesn't know it yet, but he will. Uh, Mark, you'll Mark. Put your your brain in a jar, okay, and go see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of movie. I mean, look, Predator was put your brain in a jar. All of them were. You know? I mean, look, there's a there's a nuclear explosion at the end. Of Predator 1. No, Predator 1, and they're flying in a helicopter away from it. That would no not way. happen. Electromagnetic interference be done yeah and the same thing happened at the end of alien versus predator well the second one i'm not a big i was not a big fan of those see i wanted them to bring the alien the the aliens to earth and let them run amok Mm -hmm. well the problem with the alien versus predator franchise when they're two when both of them are together is in both predator and alien they don't fight teenagers. They fight adults with yeah. guns and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So the fear is that it doesn't matter how well-armed you are, you can't take these guys out. When you have ed- aliens and predators running around suburbia, <laughs> like taking out teenagers and stuff, yeah. like Jason or Freddy, no, nah, it, it's not a good mix of and both getting, worlds. And getting women pregnant. Yeah, that yeah. too. In the case of the aliens. The pred alien. Yeah. Remember the pred alien now, went to the hospital? Now, and was, right. I'm going to tell you that they referenced that in Predator. Really? The new one. They reference that. Okay. Hmm. They make fun of it. Okay. The the other thing that they make fun of is, you know, they're not predators. I mean, they're hunters. They're not really predators. You know, they go into this whole, are they really just predators? You know, it's pretty cool what they're saying. Okay. But they're not hunting for food. They're hunting, you know, for sport. So they're hunters. Uh-huh. They're not predators. I, I, I kind of like the, the whole back and forth in that sometimes right it's pretty good it's pretty good it's just a a side so to speak <laughs> but you like it have there's a part in it where the biologist looks at the the uh, the predator and goes you're one beautiful blah blah blah, blah you know <laughs> yeah i can so imagine he, what he said he gets it he gets it between gets aliens it. and predators which one do you like better heffy Oh gosh, that's a tough. I would almost say aliens. I, me too. Oh, I'm a big, bigger alien fan. Yeah, because it seems like they're that first I mean, alien just, movie. They're terrifying, fantastic, especially aliens. Because you got you got the first one, which is a horror, which is a haunted house in outer space, and the second one they just turn it into a big all out action movie. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. I I really yeah, uh, and it's on, aged bitch. well because you can still, <laughs> you can still go back and watch that. Yeah, I I was a huge uh, huge fan of that first movie. I, Although I will, they stole their ending to that movie. From, Alien One? Yeah. Uh, from an old Marshall Thompson sci fi movie. Uh, uh, Marshall Thompson was on a spaceship, and uh, they were, I forget where they went to, but this alien got on the ship and was killing the crew and slowly making his way up the ship, you know. Part by part. And uh, what was it called? 
I will find it out during that, the break. That really old movie Aliens? Yeah. No, but it, <laughs> you know the way it ends in Alien, they blow, they out blow, the they blow them the, out the airlock? Yeah. That's exactly the ending of this movie. Hmm. Remember in uh, Infinity War and Spider-Man is like, hey, have you seen this really old movie Aliens? Mm-hmm. I hate it when they do things like that. <laughs> I yeah. think it's cute the way they had Peter Parker do that in both movies. Like, hey, you remember that old movie? Have you seen that old movie Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> well, that is, but that is an old movie now. When you when you think about 1980, it. I think, yeah, yeah, that's old. Yeah, we don't like to think of it that way, but it's old. Twenty two minutes after five o'clock, we're talking geek stuff here. You want to jump in eight two three zero nine six five? I don't mind. These guys don't mind. What's, what movie scared you the most? I'll tell you. The Blob. Wizard of Oz and Flying Monkeys. Yeah, that did for a lot of kids. Those Flying Monkeys, you know. I still like there's a shirt that says, leave me alone or I'll let, I'll let the monkeys go. I like that shirt. That was until <laughs> I saw Helter Skelter. That's a great movie, too. I'm kind of interested. What do you think Tarantino's going to do with this movie? He's remaking it? Well, it's, called, it's about the summer of 69, so... That's basically what it's about. He happens to Brad Pitt, who's a, a detective trying to kind of find his way, and Leonardo DiCaprio as well. And uh, he lives next to Sharon Tate. I'm just waiting for him to become renamed Leonardo Decapitated. Decapitated. <laughs> who was it that was supposed to be in that movie who just died here recently? And um, they were looking forward to having him in the movie, and he's now he can't be in it because whereas he's passed away. I'll, fi- I'll figure that out, too. we got some more to talk about. Stick with us. We'll be back. All right, let's uh, get back. we got uh, news coming up here in three minutes. I'm actually paying attention to the clock now. Is it in two minutes now? Okay, so two minutes now. Here, I was just telling these guys about uh, it was It from Beyond Space. Check it out. That was the poster for the movie. Those posters were 1950, so neat back then. 1958. Yeah, those posters are awesome. They blew out. They blew him out the uh, the airlock. It was uh, Marshall Thompson uh, and Sean Smith and Kim Spaulding were the three big ones. And I mean, Thompson was the that guy made 130 movies or something. He ton of movies, and he did a lot of stuff. Uh, dealing with uh, man into space because the space race was just getting underway. So Hollywood was making all kinds of movies like right. that. And they were flying ships that Elon Musk finally has been able to make and make them happen when they come in and they return, they land standing up <laughs> instead yeah. of coming in and landing like an airplane, you know. That was, a, that was a heyday, those science fiction movies. I don't know if I mentioned it to you before, Dave, but one of my hobbies is I collect books on what's called retrofuturism. So it's like how everyone in the 1940s and 1960s thought the future would look like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Jetsons and all that with flying cars and rocket ships. Um, it was a very optimistic time, but that was a good time for science fiction. Even I, though, was smart enough to know that if George Jetson's car folded up into a suitcase – you could not just reach down and pick up the suitcase. That's true. Not unless it's like super lightweight. <laughs> it's like the DeLorean. It's or like, like a, a car made of aluminum, yeah. essentially. Like why would Iron Man, whenever his costumes would come out of the suitcase like that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you just check your brain at the door. It's a comic. It's a movie. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's see what's going on in the news, and then we'll return 
for our final half hour. Now, I, wa- I want you to just visualize something for a moment. Middle of the night, you know, nature calls. You get up. You're making your way into the restroom, and you hit water. I'm not talking about your water. I'm talking about on the floor. There's I was going to say, dude, uh, uh, if I, <laughs> I couldn't get there fast I'm enough. I'm just saying. You know, you got a toilet that's overflowed or maybe the, the little uh, wax ring underneath has started to leak or whatever. So what do you do? Well, if you need somebody in the middle of the night, uh, now all you got to do is to go to aeroplumbing.net on your smartphone. And click it, and you'll be in touch with them. And no matter what time it is, there's somebody on call. They'll come out and take care of you. And they'll do a really good job of it. But uh, And they'll make sure that you're uh, satisfied with their work because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with their service they uh, have provided to you, they'll refund all of your money. Also, uh, if the plumber would smoke in your home or swear in your home, doesn't wear the shoe covers that they have for their uh, their shoes, or you find out they've not been uh, drug tested, you don't have to pay for the service. That's Aero Plumbing. So the plumbers that I use, they are well-trained. They uh, do the job. They do it well and uh, get in, get out, and they're finished. That's aeroplumbing.net, or just go Google Aero Plumbing. All right, let's uh, let's finish up. You know what that reminds me of, What's by that? the way? What? Have you heard what a lot of people are doing with their collectibles in the hurricane? Uh-uh. They're putting them in their dishwashers. A lot of their comic books and collectibles that they don't want damaged, they're putting them in their dishwasher. Why? Because it's uh, watertight. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because water doesn't get out of your dishwasher and doesn't get in your dishwasher other than through the pipes. That's kind of that's kind of smart. It is, but how much... I mean, you have to take like, the trays out and stuff, right? Well, I've, you can I've pull, seen some people have pictures stuff out do that, and I've I mean, seen some people sitting their stuff like up in there like that. Smart. It's like having your own little safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a smart. That's smart move. Somebody did some thunking about that, didn't they? Because you're right. You can't get water in it. You can't get water out of it. Yeah. How about you, Dave? When you go to Florida, you're not in the path of a hurricane, are you? Nope. We are not. I checked it because the year time we're going it's hurricane season right now mm-hmm. in fact this is the hottest part of hurricane season and uh, no we've got uh, florence right now doing its thing uh, over on the east coast and it's turning to the north and not going to the south so we don't have to worry about it coming through georgia or something like that it's going up towards pennsylvania and indiana and ohio so i hope none head to new york right. within the next few weeks yeah. For New York Comic Con. I think it was there's, two years ago, the remnants. There's, there's three of them out there. There's another one that they're watching right now. The third one that was out there is kind of going off into what most of them do. They go out into the Atlantic and, and die in that cold weather, uh, water because the Atlantic Ocean is much colder than the Pacific Ocean, as they found out in Hawaii. Because that hurricane built up big time fast. Yeah. Because it had warm water to. To feed off of imagine all that lava flow that they've had all this year and then they get a hurricane hit and then all that lava got 40 inches of rain cools off yeah i'm wondering if it did i haven't heard anything i'm yeah, wondering if there's either. a big steam cloud because wasn't it the big island that took the big hit i thought it was was it i had a friend i have a Why friend who lives in oahu that? yeah i thought that they took a boom you know they 
they had all the rain that came in. I just wonder if there's this huge steam cloud that uh, that really hot lava. That's <laughs> been kind of interesting. So, what movies are coming out that you're stoked about? I know Josh? that weekend in three weeks, Venom will be out. Yeah. When? Three weeks? Yeah. My, wow, I didn't that know it was that kind soon. Of yeah, it comes out Tom Hardy's going to be good. And they gave it a PG-13 rating. Yeah, that they really wanted that. Yeah, and Eminem is like getting some of the main songs for it. Oh no! No, no I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, that that, that bothers. Yeah, me. that kills hey, me. Uh, sorry, I had to break in on this. But, yeah, uh, you're going to get down to Florida about the time that Hurricane Hank blows in with the big blue wave. Oh come on now! The Geek Squad can't get a big blue wave out of Hurricane Hank. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> Big blue wave in November, maybe, but that ain't going to happen either. I'm okay. ju- I'm lost. You lost me here. Hank, the big blue monster. Marvel, Which- Marvel. No, I'm lost. Nope, I'm what lost too. No. Which one? <laughs> I wish I wish we were on camera right now. This is funny. I think I think Russ's nerd cred is bigger than ours. I don't know what yeah. he's a reference to. Yeah. Is he talking about the Beast? Yes, the Hang, Beast. Hang, oh, Hang he, McCoy. Oh, the beast. Yeah. He's oh. talking about the Beast. Okay. Yeah, he's not coming in, man. I refused. Dang. I told him go go over on the East Coast. Did I just did I just outdo all of you? <laughs> you did. I, at first, I was like, the only thing I could think of is Hank McCoy, the Beast. And then I was, uh, yeah, I was you thinking, uh, you t- Hank, Hank totally. McCoy is a big blue yeah. what? Yeah, a beast. I agree. He's the Beast. Yeah, he shared all you. that blue hair. <laughs> we're, with, we're with you. All right, you did. <laughs> yeah, you, you you caught us off guard, and I'm prepared. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the. Uh, at first, I was like, he's feeling pretty good week? about himself right now. Look at him, man. I know. Triumphant. In the Russ studio. triumphant. He gets a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> already done that. He already ate the cupcake. But he gets a. Uh, you extra can have one. one. There's another shot. one back. Oh, there's there. a, yeah. There's cupcakes. I could go for a cupcake. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you can always go for a cupcake. But yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. So you're you're interested in Venom? Yeah. You think Tom Hardy's the right guy to play that part? Hopefully so. I mean, look how he look how he came out with Bane. Well, he was really good in that Bane. other movie he did that I can't think of. Mad I, Max. Yes, Furia. I thought that he was great in that TV series. Which one? The one where he's in, it's kind of uh, in Victorian England or whatever. It's and, not Bronson, is it? No, 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 not no. This is not a movie. This oh. is TV. This uh, was on Netflix or oh, something. I, I, no, it wasn't Netflix. It was uh, Penny. Uh, Penny. No, no uh, that's not Penny Dreadful. He wasn't uh, in Penny Dreadful. I can't think of the name of it now. <laughs> it, took, it took place in England. Well, yeah, look up the worldwide. Then America. It's not Hell on Wheels. No, not Hell on Wheels. Come on. Is it the one with Jude Law? No. Okay. I'm going to quit guessing here. Speaking of that, Hellraiser was one of those scary movies growing up. Yeah. Pinhead. They're yeah. going. They're getting ready to read. That's another one they're going to read. Because that was one of those demonic things. Because, you know, when you're a kid and... You came in from church or whatever, and it's dark outside, and you hear sounds, and you think there's a demon out there coming to get you. Cenobite. It's going to come get you. Oh, yeah. God. That, that thing was so Cenobites. scary. The Cenobites. Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to Venom. The uh, The other movie I can think of is Mary Poppins, oh, but that man, comes I'm, out in December. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm interested in that one. Is there a Star Wars movie coming out? This Christmas? No. <laughs> They're all on kind of hiatus right now. I know that they kind of, I think they, they axed. Taboo. 
Taboo. Taboo. I don't know anything yeah, it was about a TV that. series. It's very good. I know Excellent. that they axed um, the expanded stuff, so like no more solo movies for the time oh, being. Oh wow! Because I, I thought they were making that into a trilogy, and I, well, I know that. that the for the ongoing series, yeah. I know that it's not like in development heck right now, but it's I don't know. There there's ha- there hasn't been much movement as far as where they're going to take it or anything. It's kind of interesting. I was thinking of Tom Hardy and some of the things that he's attached to Splinter Cell. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're going to make a movie of Splinter Cell. That's a, that's a that. Tom Clancy video yeah. game. Then they got he's got Mad Max, the Wasteland Max Rockatasky. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's another Mad Max movie coming. Who's directing? Not Miller, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Fonzo, he's playing Al Capone. In oh, that. okay. And then uh, he's playing Al Capone in a secondary movie called Cicero. Oh, wow. So, interesting. A lot of stuff going going on with uh, Tom Hardy. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to go to that gangster museum one day. Which one? Hot the Springs. one in Hot Springs? Well, well I've been. Have it's, you? Good? It's, okay. it's okay, yeah. It's a good hour, there's hour that, and a half. There's that one and the galactic one. I didn't know there was a galactic yeah, one. Yeah, called a. It's a. It's something. It's it's a geek. It's a geek Star Wars museum. Yeah. Okay. I, I went to it. I didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> I decided no. It didn't look. I kind of could. You kind of see in the back. Eh, nah, I don't think so. Well, for the listeners out there, there is a convention next weekend. So there, there is, isn't there? Yeah, SpaCon up in Hot Springs. We did Spock it last year. Con? Spa. Oh, SpaCon. Con, I think yeah. you said SpaCon. At first, I thought it was a convention for. Jacuzzi enthusiasts, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> we, well, hot spring, one of Hot Springs' nickname is the Spa, Spa City. City. Yeah. yeah, but it's a great convention. So if anyone is, I'll be up there. So if any Dave Ellswick listeners wants to say hi to me next weekend up in SpaCon, we will be there for sure. So it's like a week from today. It's a week from today. Well, actually, no, it's a week and a day from today. Okay, it's next Saturday. This I Sunday. need to look up the guest list again. It's pretty good. Uh, Veronica Taylor's going to be there. Oh yeah, that's a Pikachu. Pikachu, yeah. And is it or Pikachu or Ash? Ash. Ash. Ash? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, say it right. Pikachu. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? I didn't realize until like when I was an adult. But you know, the theme for ke- Pokemon is you gotta catch them all. And Ash's last last name is Ketchum. So yeah. Ash Ketchum. <laughs> you all. never noticed? No, I didn't notice that until later. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm trying Check. to here. I don't want to give away the joke, but in the Predator movie, when you watch it tomorrow. Look at the sign in front of the school. The sign in front of the school. Oh, okay. it's hilarious. Um, SpaCon next week, uh, Pam Greer is going to be there. Pam Greer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Cleopatra Jones yeah. is going to be there? Uh-huh. She's actually the guest, like the guest of honor. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, let's see. Who I'll else? be driving back from Florida. If I wasn't driving back from Florida, I'd be over there Sunday. to see her. Oh, she's going to be there Sunday, She's going to be there Sunday also, yeah. How much is it to get in? Uh, it's let me take a look it's cheap relatively let's take a look here so to get into spa con uh three-day general admission is 25 dollars. Okay. day of showing a day pass is 20 all right i'll pay my 20 bucks i love miss greer yeah and we'll we'll I'm double a big check black and exploitation movie fan oh and the guy from the devil's rejects and the hills have eyes who's that uh, that guy he looks like a conehead oh that's um Michael Berryman. Mike Berryman. Berryman. Yeah, he's yeah. great. And the guy that and R.A. Millimail. Yeah, he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah, Berryman was uh, here about five years ago at the big horror con that they had 
uh, down at the convention center, mm-hmm. and I had him on the air for like an hour. Oh, wow. The dude is, is an intellectual. You'll love when you meet him. Because I'm going to tell you what, what comes from that man, you don't expect to come from that man. Oh, yeah? You know, he, you, you have a preconceived notion because of what he looks like and what the parts that you've seen him play. I mean, all the parts that you've seen him play, you know, his, you know, his, his dialogue is, <laughs> and all kind of stuff. So that's kind of what you expect to come out. Yeah. And it's not that way at all. Uh-huh. He's a very cool guy. A lot of fun. All right, we got to get a break in. Final break. We'll be back, finish it up. Uh, Tim's here. Josh is here. I'm here. We'll come back. We'll, we'll see who else is going to be there at uh, the Spot Con when we come back and where it's going to be at Dave Ellswick's show. All right, back. Final segment here at the Dave Ellswick show. And I wish, I'm just telling you, Russ, I wish I could read some of the, the movie posters from Pam, Pam Greer's movies. You know, the big dollhouse women behind bars those kind of you know just they 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 had them in cages but they couldn't cage their lust (laughs) i'm just saying that's back in 1969 to 1972 there was no such thing as hashtag me too i i would love to sit down and talk to her have an an interview with her to talk with about Pam Greer. That. Yes, just cut your your vacation a day short. Yeah, I can't do that, man. <laughs> My wife is sitting down the hallway. Uh oh, <laughs> she hears that, man. She go nuts. And I don't think that's going to happen. That's when you do like that one kid. Listen, Linda. Listen, listen, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's no. That's we'll send that one Comrex with you. Oh wait a second, we'd have to get the other end down there. Yeah, it's great. I just looking. She was really, and, and still is, very beautiful, Pam Greer. Here's a good picture of her, guys. Just I'll bring it up for you. Oh, yeah. Awesome she, looking. That foxy Cleopatra look. Yeah, foxy. But she was foxy, foxy Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, she's Foxy Brown. Just saying, I, I was a, she was the act, actress. She's a song. She writes uh, the music to some of her movies. And uh, is a writer. And I'm sitting here. She was born in 1949. She's from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, one of four children. And her father, Clarence Greer Jr., was an Air Force mechanic. You know, people that came from, uh, how shall we say, uh, blue-collar backgrounds. Humble beginnings. Yep. Yep. And she has she's been in 122 movies. Wow. A lot. The last one that she was really everybody paid attention to her was the Tarantino movie. Was that Foxy Brown? Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Yeah, it was in it. So yeah, she's just uh, she's a hardworking uh, woman actress. Did a great uh, had a great career. Still has a good career. She's still doing things on TV and stuff. Oh, okay. You know, people wouldn't recognize her for who she is now. That doesn't not a cinephile. Mm-hmm. You know, I might I might start col- collecting some of the the real black exploitation movies that empowered black actors and actresses back in the late sixties, early seventies. Actually, let's tie this all together. Um, there was a meme going around Twitter today, and I just I just got such a kick out of it. Uh, everyone is so big on diversity yeah. nowadays, and and they I don't know if it's because young kids have just 
uh, sip the Kool-Aid, but a friend of mine shared a picture of the cast of Predator with Carl Weathers and, you know, Jesse's body yeah. Ventura. And, uh, you know, you had basically two African-Americans. You had, well, they had that, the, the other Native guy. American. There was, yeah, Native American. Uh-huh. They had that, that the other black guy that was in it, yeah. too. Yeah, And so you have – and look at, like, Police Academy, for example. We yeah. had diversity. And honestly, I, I'll say it. Uh, I think in the 80s, when growing up, there wasn't a, an issue. Race was not an issue, and everyone just kind of now. no. And I think it's just them politicizing it. So um, you look at the black exploitation movies from the seventies all the way up through the eighties, and how we've integrated um, other cultures, ethnicities, and races into our fiction, and it wasn't a big deal. You just did it, not because it was political or because you wanted to score points, but just because it was like, yeah, you know, uh, motley crew of individuals. Let's get you know, let's get a couple of. These people in here and these people in there, not because of politics, just because, heck, it's just good storytelling. Then the All kids right. today, they don't get to see Song of the South. Do you well, own it? I have it. You Do know you? I yeah. got a copy of it as well, and it's got a, uh, of course, uh, Academy Award winning song in it. When mm-hmm. I saw Zippity it as a kid, I think that was the last time that they put it in the theaters. Really? Mm-hmm. What, how's your copy like, Dave? Is it good or is it? It's pretty good. Okay. I mean, it's. Mine's it's, not. <laughs> it, yeah. That's like, one of my first memories as a kid is going to see that at the theater. Because mm-hmm. I remember him coming out and the the animated birds flying around him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a good movie. By the way, Bill Duke is who we were thinking about. Okay. I See, I can show you a picture. Remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You remember him. Oh yeah, uh, he was in a he was in a lot of movies through the eighties and nineties too. Yeah, and he was he there's was, something I know he really recognized him but from. from the Predator. You yes. know, he was the one that was always freaked out yeah. about everything that was going down. You know, I he could, was really he's like, like I can hear it in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want some candy? Oh, there, there, there's another. There's a great uh, horror franchise, uh, franchise. They should relaunch Candyman. Yeah, they, I think they are. I think they're oh, remaking they? it. Yeah. yeah. I think it, I've seen something. Are they on bringing um, Tony Todd? Tony Todd? I don't think so. I think oh, it's someone man. else. They need to give him a, a some a cameo. kind of a walk in or a cameo. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was evil personified. Yeah, he opened it reminds his me mouth. There's something else. The bees I, in him. I think they're Tales from the Hood. I think they were they might be doing another one of those too. Are they? Yeah. Is Snoop going to be in it? <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, you know, you know, not. they'd surprise us. <laughs> Bring on the monsters! I'll smoke them out. <laughs> well, you saw him in Tales from the Hood, didn't you? Was a Snoop Dogg? He he did that horror movie. What, what what was that called? That horror movie that he did? I didn't know he was in a horror Hold movie. Hold on, before we leave, hurry, Dave, find <laughs> out. Here. I love him narrating the Animal Planet videos. Oh man, look at that big sucker! Oh, oh, he gonna get you! He gonna get you! Oh, son. <laughs> was that was that Snoop Dogg? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Snoop Dogg. I mean, that was more edited for family did. audience, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not aware of him. Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the Hood of Horrors. All right, I'm out of here. We've got uh, Carl Kimball on Monday. While I'm on vacation, I'll test check with you later. <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.